0: This week on Geek Explained, with the release of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Phase 4 is officially over. So, how did it go? Find out here as I'm joined by returning special guest Troyoboyo17 to close the door on Phase 4 by ranking every single entry from worst to best. <laughs> Welcome back to Geek Explained. I'm your host, Eric Azana, and today's episode is celebrating the conclusion of phase four of the MCU. What started in the wake of Avengers Endgame has now culminated in the release of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So now the natural thing to do is to rank each entry in phase four from worst to best. And I will be joined, of course, by Troy boyo 17 returning special guest, very excited to share the conversation we had. Uh, we we definitely, I think, disagreed on certain things, but it's always fun to get someone else's perspective on these things. Usually when I do the rankings, they're usually just me by myself ranking them. So it's always good to have a conversation about it and see what things we agreed on and what things we didn't. Uh, before we get into that, though, I wanted to just kind of talk a little bit because I Uh, As I'm recording this, this past week, uh, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, passed away. And that was a very tough day for me. Um, If you'll indulge me for a second, I'm recording this a little bit ahead of time. It's still fairly fresh. Um, Kevin Conroy passed away after a short battle with cancer. And it is... um, It wasn't lost on me, the irony of him, you know, passing away on the same day as Wakanda Forever, where the movie is basically centered around the loss of Chadwick Boseman, even more so than I think than the character of T'Challa, uh, Chadwick Boseman, who also uh, kind of suffered in silence before he died due to cancer. Uh, I can also unequivocally say, and I think a lot of people share the same opinion: Fuck cancer! It is terrible. And the the death of Kevin Conroy was especially hard for me because Kevin had been part of my life since I pretty much since I can remember. Uh, I was introduced to Batman through Batman, the Animated series. I've talked about it. We did an entire uh, month long series on the show, which in retrospect feels strange to think about. Because I spent that entire month just gushing about Kevin Conroy and how amazing he was. um, And now he's gone. And it wasn't just the fact that he was Batman that made him legendary to me. It was the fact that he was someone who loved something so much that he gave himself completely over to it. And I'm not just talking about Batman, I'm talking about to the to the art of performing the art of acting. Uh, Kevin Conroy was a Juilliard uh, trained actor who had a base in theater. And when I started to get older, and I started to explore acting and performing as a profession, uh, I was really, really inspired by Kevin as a as a person. Uh, Due to listening to interviews that he had with uh, Kevin Smith, Batman on Batman, go back and listen to that episode. Even if you haven't in a while, I went back the day that he passed and I listened to that uh, to that episode. And uh, I I don't I'm not going to I'm not ashamed of it. I cried Um, hearing his voice again, I think, is going to have that way that effect on me for a while. But. The fact that Kevin, you know, and I keep saying Kevin like I like I knew him, um, but the fact that he was able to love his craft so much and found success in what he loved and what he was passionate about, I think is the dream for everybody. I know it is for me, and as somebody who made the transition from uh, from theater into Hollywood and you know into voice acting uh Kevin was the blueprint Kevin Conroy was the blueprint of how to be successful uh not just in your profession but in life um his voice is going to be Batman's voice for as long as that character is around I know it is for me um and even though you know the discussion is always about you know oh who's your who's your favorite batman is it bale is it keaton is it affleck is it pattinson uh for me it's always been conroy and i don't think that's ever going to change uh he was i mean he played the character for what 22 years you know a, a longer i think probably you know if we're counting stuff like justice league action Um, obviously the Arkham games, he took that character and made him soar. You believed every single bit that he was the Dark Knight, he was Bruce Wayne, he was all of these multifaceted things that we all love about Batman as a character, but he also lived it. He lived being a multifaceted person. He lived having two lives. He did this... He did this incredible story in the most recent DC Pride special where he told his story about being a closeted gay man in the early 90s, trying to make it in this business of performance and what really connected to him as a person to the role of Bruce Wayne. You know, the the story, I think, speaks for itself. DC did a real classy thing by making it free to read on DC, uh, DC Universe Infinite or whatever that app is now. Um, so do yourself a favor this week and read it, even if you don't have really an interest in it, even if you aren't really a comics person, download the app or find a way to read it because, you know, better yet, go to your local comic shop and see if they have any copies. Um, it's worth it. The entire anthology is incredible, but it's worth it just for the uh, for the Kevin Conroy story alone where he talked about, you know, his experience as an actor um, struggling with being a gay man in the early 90s when there was still a large stigma around homosexuality and what he had to fight through. He was a trailblazer in every sense of the word. He was a queer icon, and it's, you know— it's interesting to me that he, the most recognizable voice of Batman is also a queer voice. He was a queer elder, and though I, uh, I can't personally speak on the impact that he had on that community as an elder statesman in the queer community, uh, I can say from you know just the perspective of me and my experiences that that's incredibly inspiring. To be someone who people can look to as an example and as a North Star when it comes to figuring out your life and how that can impact your career. And that there is success. Things do get better. And uh, if you are someone who is struggling at that time, look to Kevin's example. No, it wasn't all, you know, sunshine and rainbows, but it did get better. And... Kevin Conroy is going to go down as, I think, the most legendary Batman portrayal of all time. Not discounting anyone else who's put on the cape and cowl, but Kevin Conroy is going to be iconic. Kevin Conroy will always be my Batman, but even more than him being this iconic uh, version of the character, he was a good human being, and you could tell. In all the interviews he did, every story that everyone has told about him, the day that he passed, just the stories that were shared were, uh, it was inspiring. I had a really tough time that day and I didn't really know how to, uh, how to properly convey what he meant to me. And I don't even know if I'm doing a great job of it right now, if I'm being honest with you, but He meant a lot to me, and he meant more to me than I will ever be able to express. And it will be—I will consider it a great regret of my life that I was never able to uh, meet him and tell him what he what he meant to me and what he means to me. Um, but the only thing that you can do is, you know, you, you, you keep moving forward with it. You take his example, you take his legacy, you take what he's left behind and you keep moving forward with that, uh, with that example in mind. Uh, always forward is something that I keep, that I always preach on, on my Twitter. Uh, and just in my life, you know, we, we have to keep moving forward regardless of the circumstances that seem to put, get put in our way. Um, Kevin Conroy's death is a tragedy. It really is uh, because there is only so much light in the world and he was one of those shining beacons uh, for so many people. And I don't want to just, you know, claim, feel like I'm claiming ownership over him and his passing and his impact, but speaking just from my perspective, um, he meant a lot to me. He meant a lot to me. And when it comes to grief when it comes to mourning um, that has been weighing heavily on my mind in no small part due to the themes and uh, storytelling of that you know Wakanda forever movie which again uh, was a really kind of a tough thing to get through because it was it it was a double whammy of you know dealing with that during the day and then the themes of that in the film uh, during the evening but to that, and something that I actually got a modicum of comfort in was at this at a certain point in the interview that uh, Kevin Conroy' is having with Kevin Smith uh, he recounts this moment where he had he was performing as a theater actor, had a terrible horrible review and he thought his career was over and his director John Hausman uh, stood off to the side as he was having this you know emotional breakdown and the the words he said to him were there comes a time in every man's life when he simply has to put one foot in front of the other and get on with the business of living and i when i heard that uh in the interview um i i had a very long breakdown where it was kind of this crystallizing moment um, we have to get on with the business of living and that is not to disrespect those that have passed that is not to disrespect the feelings or the grief but you need to carry on in service of that Um. so I guess that's That's kind of all I have to say on it. Um, I'm going to be feeling this for a while. And if you are feeling this way, know that you're not alone. Know that uh, I am there with you, that we are all feeling this incredible loss. Um, But as I, again, weirdly uh, put in uh, the episode two weeks ago about Antonio Noki and uh, the death of Superman, uh, legends live forever. They do. And the legend of Kevin Conroy is going to last forever, period. Uh, So, yeah, that is uh, my long-winded intro and thoughts on the uh, passing of Kevin Conroy. Uh, And because I'm really terrible at segues, we're now going to just move right on into the discussion. Uh, The main event of the podcast, which is a full ranking of phase four alongside special guest Troy of the Troy O'Boyo 17 YouTube channel. So join me as we look forward, putting one foot in front of the other and get on with the business of living and podcasting as we close the door on phase four. (laughs) conclusion of phase four it is time to do what literally everyone on the internet does rank every single entry into this post endgame era we are closing the door on phase four by ranking all 16 count them 16 entries in this i think this might be the biggest ranked episode we've done on the podcast usually it's like oh know we'll do a top five do a top 10 maybe no we are coming at you with 16 separate entries in a ranking list that is going to be you know i don't foresee it being problematic or anyone disagreeing with me at all it's not gonna happen but on top of you getting a ranked list of 16 entries you're actually getting two of them we are going to be going through 32 separate rankings because i am joined by a man who i am very excited to welcome back to the podcast he might have gotten the best reviewed episode out of our uh saturday morning september uh series a couple months ago with his uh startling and really i think upsetting views on batman and harley quinn uh returning to the podcast from the troy boy 17 youtube channel it's troy welcome back man
1: thank you i'm happy to be here i will say you had me to talk about batman last time and now i'm talking MCU stuff and i can't be held accountable for the the things i say (laughs) i become a different person (laughs) <laughs> like it, 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 this, you're gonna go from like a, a, the best reviewed episode, which like I'm very grateful for, to now you just the worst episode, and that's my goal here.
0: We are we're trying Giselle. to get the the, the... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we're we're trying to get the full range of Troy. We're trying to get the duality of man when it comes yeah, to have Troy. me on
1: for Green Arrow next time, and then like you'll just get my you'll get all all the trifecta of what I am. You know, if I haven't ever talked about billionaires, yet. Out,
0: oh, man, it's
2: coming on an
1: Elon Musk episode.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> Someone and I and this this I guess I'll just share this. Someone when I was uh, at work, like, I think like a week ago, like I I was serving this table at the restaurant that I was at and they told me you know who you kind of look like? And I'm like, who? They're like, a young Elon Musk. I'm like, don't you fucking oh, say that. No. Don't ever say that. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go get a different server to take care of you because we are not <laughs> friends and I can't be held liable That's for the service. That's compliment I've ever heard. <laughs> it's not even a compliment, I don't think. Yeah. Like, how can that be anything? <laughs> Jeez. But no, uh, when, when eventually, if it ever comes out, that Black Canary show or movie or oh, whatever geez. it's going to turn into comes out, we'll bring you back on and we'll talk okay, about it. Okay, thank you, thank you. Because you have been beating the drum for Green Arrow and Black Canary for as long as I can remember, which on Twitter that's is yeah, not a very long time. It has time. been my thing. It has. My it has You trait. are you are the billionaire's man. Yeah, and I'm very excited to have that kind of representation as someone who is very well off and a billionaire myself it's good to have non-billionaires on my podcast
1: yeah it's good to have the peasants talk about the lords and spread the propaganda exactly you know
0: it's just it 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 really does help with you know all of my public outreach yeah or communities (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so we are ranking phase four of the mcu and i was telling troy off mike here this list was Surprisingly hard to put together. I knew what I had at the bottom, I knew what I had at the top, but everything else was so nebulous. I think I actually changed four places this morning as we're recording this. So I'm very curious to see where our lists differ and where they align.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, you said it at the beginning 16 things. Yeah. Arguably, arguably too much. Yes. (laughs) I don't I actually honestly not even arguably I think a lot of people would agree too much stuff for one for <laughs> one phase for one ranking but uh no I'm excited I think like I think the best thing is I'm saying
0: this on not my platform so any any controversy that might arise <laughs> is uh it's on you it's not my fault. yeah well this is gonna be great because uh this is actually going to be my first YouTube video and I'm gonna oh, put this great. and make oh, sure I tag <laughs> for Troy wrong yeah and uh <laughs> you know i live to Hello, prove man. matt draper wrong don't let him <laughs> th- know this <laughs> ever but uh i live to prove matt draper wrong and if there's anything that i can do that directly negatively impacts him i'm gonna do it <laughs> it's i i was put on this earth to be the antithesis to matt draper he thinks it's owen and that's why <laughs> it's a great system for me yeah it's well, it's like a there.
1: superman bizarro type thing like Correct. Like, like people will say that, like, oh, Lex Luthor is the anti-Superman. When in reality, it's it's dark side. You know, Uh-oh. like,
2: I, the... and I,
0: I, am, I am the dark side of comic podcasts. We'll say,
1: <laughs> infinite and forever, spanning multiverses,
0: constantly seeking out, yeah, constantly seeking out the anti-life equation. Which in this, in the podcasting realm is uh, getting sponsored by hymns. That is my anti-life equation. I'll eventually him. get that sponsorship on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we've got 16 of these. So let's let's dive into this, because this is going to be a long discussion. Uh, we rank them from worst to best. I will say, just off, off the bat, I Am Groot is not included in this list. I Am Groot is a series of animated shorts that are fun things for children and that's really cool but i don't feel like it adds anything to the phase really and i mean it's it's along the same lines for me as the uh the studio ghibli baby yoda short that they just released it's like
1: i need to watch that yeah yeah. it's fine
0: it's not really anything which is kind of disappointing but But I mean, it's still it's Ghibli. It's maybe it's just yeah. like a a foot in the door, and then they can do bigger stuff later. Star Wars Visions two, maybe please, oh, please, it would be yeah. great. Uh, but yeah, so I am Groot is not included. Also, you will notice that the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special is not included. Uh, that's because it isn't out as we are recording this, and it's also not really a thing for Phase Four. It's more of yeah. I don't know if we could even call this like a like a prequel to Volume Three or not. Like, are they going to reference you, this? Are they going to mention the wacky Adventure? Just safe. I think we could just safely put it at like number two,
1: and like in like yeah. three months when it comes or whenever comes out, we'll just we'll be we'll still be pretty accurate about it because it looks. Great. I think so. And, you know, I think so. you Got James. Yeah. So that's my. And, st- I'm just preemptively putting it at number two, and then if it turns out to be terrible, that's not my fault. I haven't seen it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> i like the way you think i like this this youtube mentality i need to start shifting my perspective on these things see what you do is we a... come up with
1: we come up with an opinion before we see it and then we go see it and then we try to form our we, like what like i think it was Black <laughs> you retroactively I was like, for I was like ready to make a move like make a video about Black Adam where I was like, oh, Black Adam is the cinematic masterpiece <laughs> of the DCU. And then I went into it and I was like, God, it's not. <laughs> oh no, it doesn't it doesn't work.
2: You're like, wait a
0: second. No, I didn't sign oh, up for no, it.
1: I, I can't even do like a funny video.
0: <laughs> so I I think that's also Twitter, uh Twitter mentality as well. It's yeah, like I need to make everybody. the most invested heartfelt reaction to something before i've seen it or experienced it. Thor mm-hmm. Love so that... thunder
1: an underrated masterpiece. Oh
0: Jesus Christ. <laughs> um Oh god. Uh we're going to get into it. We're going to get into all of it. It's it's coming, don't you worry. Uh, but yeah, it's
1: <laughs> the face you made. I just I, it's
0: upsetting that this is only a, an audio podcast. That was really funny. <laughs> I every time that I'm reminded of Thor Love and Thunder I feel like I've been at war for t- for 20 years oh, and I yeah. have to relive the feelings I had sitting in the theater watching it. Yeah. It's oh, uh geez. it's an experience unlike any other MCU product which I think I guess is a compliment. It's as much of a compliment as being told you look like Elon Musk i think it's the elon musk of of mcu movies (laughs) (laughs) costs a lot of money only surface level oh geez ends up being a dumpster fire that does sound very familiar (laughs) (laughs) so let's get into this so uh we i think be we'll just go kind of back and forth. I'll do my 16. You do your yep. 16. We'll go okay. jump back and forth and we'll see. We'll see if there's crossover. We'll see if we have uh, stuff that we align with. Yeah. Um, so getting into this, my s- number 16, the worst of the MCU phase four is Thor, love and thunder. It's th- There's no, there's no, it's no contest for me. This was the worst part of the phase Uh, from start to finish. I've never been like so unhappy watching an MCU product, which is saying something because it's been around for a really long time and it's put out a lot of varying quality things, but I would honestly, and I remember having this conversation completely serious, no irony involved and, right after that film came out and i was like i think i like dark world more than thor love and thunder and i had to sit with it i had to walk in nature and i had to find myself and i think yeah it's the worst thor movie it might be the worst mcu movie for me personally it's just all fluff no substance all the Creative decisions were baffling. I think even you know following after it with all the uh, comments of taiko Waititi basically being like, "Yeah, whatever." It was. It was. I didn't care about it, and you shouldn't care about it either. I'm like, okay, then I'm not going to be invested in this man. Like it's baffling. Creative decisions. No one looking like they were particularly having a good time there. Um, it really did feel like just for a paycheck cinema and that is why for me it is at my number 16 it is at last place uh troy what do you got yeah i i completely
1: agree i like it it feels like almost too easy it feels like taking candy from a baby or something (laughs) at this point to like kicking somebody while they're down to talk about talk about why thor love and thunder is bad but it's just like it, like I went into that movie and I read the Gore the God Butcher stuff beforehand. Same, and that, we did an entire podcast biggest, series. That was Always. the biggest mistake of my life because <laughs> I fell in love with that character. I was like, "This is my favorite villain, like of modern comics. He's so cool. He's so interesting." And then they just dropped the ball fundamentally on like what he represents and what the yeah. what that arc represents and stuff. And like. I think Taika is a talented filmmaker. He's made like 100%. some of my favorite movies ever. And so this whole time when he was making this movie, I was like, "Oh, he's going to be writing this one." Because like I think Ragnarok is fine. I uh-huh. think like I think on a script level, it doesn't work as well as like I wish it did. But like I think Fair. Taika brings like an energy and like a, a a certain level to it that was fresh and interesting. Mm-hmm. But with this, it seems like he took that and then he took away all the things that were interesting about Ragnarok <laughs> and just went ham on it I guess yeah like and you say that it it makes you like look back on Thor the Thor Dark World and and like it more and like I remember like the only like discourse that was happening when this movie came out was all about like oh everybody had just this nostalgic for Thor the Dark World yeah it's like no it's a matter of like we we didn't know what we had back then (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's it's similar to like it's not even a good movie i like no Adam it's Nerdsync not great Has a very good video about like how it's like 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 it, it it unintentionally has some pretty messed up views and stuff yeah and like but like it's it's similar to how we look back on avatar the the blue people avatar and are like oh wait maybe that movie was a lot but like a lot of people are kind of having this resurgence of it not just because the uh-huh. sequel's coming out but like we're like oh wait that was a movie. And <laughs> lately, so many blockbusters haven't been movies. They've been content. And I think Thor, I think Love and Thunder was like the culmination of that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It, the fact that the the Old Spice commercial for Thor Jeez looked better me. than Thor. The fact that maybe it's insane. canon. Yeah. Maybe that commercial is canon.
0: It's yeah, it's baffling. Just the creative decisions like the even like some of the performances. And I love me some Russell Crowe he's doing mm-hmm. the most in that movie but ultimately like what does it serve like how yeah. does this improve the movie what does this tell and don't get me wrong i think it's been long enough that we can talk about spoilers i am 100 percent down to see roy kent as hercules but i don't want i don't want taika doing it yeah i think he's he's shown such a disregard for the character in the world in all of the interviews that he did following the the film coming out that it's like well yeah you had some fun with it you obviously didn't care about it so go do stuff that you're passionate about give us yeah. another season of our flag means death like go yeah. do the stuff that makes you creatively fulfilled yeah make
1: another i'm glad boy. you got the bag
0: yeah 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 boy's
1: fantastic it's... if you haven't seen boy oh like so good. i I'm of the belief, and I think this movie confirmed it. I think there are two Taika Waititi's. I think he has an evil twin brother. That, that's 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 the Taika <laughs> that, he, that he's, was free he's Waika Tatiti. That's the Taika. Yeah, Waika. Tt- <laughs> that's he's the got he a little a free w guy. He man. did. Yeah. Free guy, this movie, like like the interviews, and then you have real with Waititi. He's the one on Our Flag Means Death. He's the one that directed what we do with the shot, all the good stuff. Yeah, and that's 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 the the narrative the I'm real choosing fight. to believe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I need just the Marvel paycheck and
0: one doesn't. Yes, I need him. I need someone to make an edit of him with the Wario hat now, with the with the must- <laughs> though. I guess it would be closer type wise for Waluigi. Like, just give him the purple purple hat with a W, big old mustache, big ol' uh, dick dastardly mustache, <laughs> and that's Waika Tatiti. He's the one that directed <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder. But yeah, it's, like you said, it, it does kind of feel like we're punching down because it's kind of, like, understood that this is bad, uh, mm-hmm. but it should still be said. So that these mistakes yeah. don't And it's also made like again.
1: I mean I mean if you look at the the interviews and stuff about he was he was kind of punching down towards VFX artists and stuff. Hundred oh, percent
0: Which I'm like, that's a whole that
1: whole can of worms
0: with the, the you yeah.
2: know that whole thing there. with him I and uh,
0: him and why am I forgetting her name? Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson, thank you. Uh of them just making fun of the VFX the whole time. I'm like, guys. Yeah. This is incredibly tone deaf. Like you yeah. know about this by now.
2: Yeah. So yeah.
0: And She Hulk
1: did something similar, which like She Hulk at least did it with like a little bit more taste and stuff. Yeah. It was in narrative, you know. I think just there's a it's just a it it's a systemic issue like with like For the sure. entire industry and stuff. But it is just like Marvel is the the company that makes so many products that use VFX so heavily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that of course are the one that like we're we're gonna point to is like the problem. Of course, you know? they're the it's, poster yeah. child. Exactly, yeah. So it's, it's
0: wild, yeah, yeah. Ugh. So that's that's sixteen. Let's just get that's that out 16. of the way. Um. So at fifteen, I have Moon Knight. Uh, I was kind of surprised looking at the list of like, oh, I didn't think Moon Knight was gonna be this far down. But it is, surprisingly enough. Uh, we were also talking about this off mic about just how how much when it comes to, like, a TV show, it should, you know, it should be... You should have ebbs and flows with it, and it should be really good. You shouldn't just have one episode that is the character, and the rest is a completely <laughs> different story. Um, this, this ultimately, and I i do think we had a good time with it my my fiance and i with specific points of it i think that uh ethan hawk actually gets to yep. shine in the show uh even though some of the creative choices and the logic is baffling uh it's it's nice to see him do stuff it's nice to see oscar isaac do stuff it was it was good to see him like jump back into the disney machine after the Absolute dumpster fire that was Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I just wish that it was that still it on was, fire when he jumped was, back in. It was like it oh, was still no. on fire. Who's <laughs> wearing the same clothes? He's like, these are a little singed, but it's okay. I'll I don't, I'll dive back in. I'm ready to be heard again. And uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating to me that they decided to turn this into like, you know, they decided to turn Moon Knight into Tomb Raider, and they wanted to tell that story because there are so many other characters you can do that with yeah um i thought the i actually thought the design of khonshu and the use of khonshu was very interesting and i mean the vocal performance for that was phenomenal it just didn't when you look at it as a whole there wasn't enough there to make it have any kind of staying power and there's rumors yeah there's rumors about like a season two you don't there's no like official announcement but like there's talk about them already being production i don't know but the thing about it is what story is there to tell next like they they held off as long as they could to give us jake lockley until the very final post credit scene of the show and at that point it's like okay but the mystery's gone at this point yeah like we've there's no Alexander wept there were no more worlds to conquer like you have (laughs) told the Moon Knight story that you are comfortable telling because as we could tell with this show they didn't want to tell a story about mental health they didn't want to tell a story about grappling with your your religious beliefs and how that affects you throughout your life not just as a child but also as an adult that's why they all condensed it into one episode and let the rest of the show Mm -hmm. be everything else um it's it's unfortunate it is sad i do think like i said the casting was nice i liked i was incredibly intrigued by the first episode and then it just kind of like steamrolled into something else that i don't think people signed up for which is sad but that's that's my that's my 15 troy what do you have i initially i was just i think i was just
1: scared because Moon Knight is at my fifteen, also, but I was like, "Oh if I no way!" That low, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get in trouble because <laughs> there's some r- people that like will defend this show. Oh, to Moon Knight stands. that yeah. I'm seeing, yeah, but they're not Moon Knight stands. They're MCU Moon Knight stands, which is totally different, a totally yes. different thing. Because, like, like I, I agree. I don't think the show is like horrendous. No. It's paced terribly. The pacing it's is no corrocious. Thor Love and Thunder. Is th- yeah, exactly, <laughs> and like. I think like like there are high moments that like stand out more than like things that I have higher on this list and stuff. Like um I think uh, what was oh god what was her name? The 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 girl in it. And like she became uh, she, oh, Scarab she, Scarab, becomes, she became uh, that. yeah. Scarab yeah. Scarab. And I thought that was like a very interesting use of that character who was like ultimately Definitely. ultimately in the comics like kind Layla? of like an Egyptian stereotype and stuff. Layla, I think it's yeah. Layla. Yeah. Yeah. Um and like what like i thought that was an interesting choice and stuff and like yeah. the tomb raider stuff just felt weird but like it like it was it was fine but i think like bec- it's like it's not a moon knight show right and you're you're like fundamentally ignoring like very important aspects of what the moon knight character does right. like specifically with like what you said the mental health and also like with the jewish representation and stuff like they dropped the ball on that and so like hard. i honestly i feel like it did more harm than good especially in kind of like the right like there's a lot of anti-semitism going on right now i mean there's oh, a, boy always there they, there has been but it's like i'm noticing yeah. a rise in it and like i feel like marvel almost has like a responsibility to like provide that reputation and also and that's why i'm scared with magneto because it's like that's, you have this character who's so too. fundamentally yeah, yeah like you he's fundamentally it's a core part of him and you limit it to like essentially a background scene and yeah. like 30 to 30 seconds and it's just it's like the people that that would have impacted if you did that right would have not only like done a, a huge part for like the community but it also would have gotten people into comics like,
2: 100%. like my,
1: my partner olivia she's jewish and she's like I I told her like what the comic Moon Knight is like and like what his backstory is. And she was like, wait, that's so freaking cool. And she was like, she like wanted to go pick up that book because of it. And like, I think like this, I feel the same way about a lot of these shows where it's like they're, they're, they're adapting the comics in kind of surface level name only. But then they, the, the, the goal of these products, I think ultimately should get people to go buy the comics and to go support that industry and support that art. Absolutely. But they haven't been because they've been yeah. at odds with each other. Like yeah. like we'll talk about Ms. Marvel later, but I think Ms. Marvel is also similar. It's better. It's definitely better. But Ms. Yes. Marvel is also kind of at odds with what the comic was doing. Definitely. And so now it's like if you like the Ms. Marvel show and you go pick up the comic, it's like you're they're different. Wildly
0: different.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And if you like the Ms. Marvel comic and you start watching the show, you're like, oh, this is also wildly different. And yeah. I think the same applies with Moon Knight. And I think Moon Knight was more egregious with it while still
0: be doing things that were interesting and and good and stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Like I, I am a big fan of like the globe trotting, like adventure style movie. Like I, I love me some Tomb Raider. I love me some Indiana Jones. Like those films. I do think that is an untapped genre in this new kind of landscape of the mcu trying to experiment with genre filmmaking like give me more of that like dive into more like pulp noir shit like give that to me but i think them framing it around this instead of taking what worked about the character and utilizing what works so well about that character in the comics to tell the story to get people to go back to the comics it's supposed to be a cyclical system supposed to be an ouroboros where they're like constantly feeding each other like it shouldn't be a system where it's like okay you like the comics okay you you can watch the show but with these caveats like it shouldn't be that way i think what's worked so well about other uh about other adaptations and some that we'll talk about on this list is that you can go to This movie, watch this movie, watch this show, and then go pick up a comic and know exactly what is going on there. Obviously, Mm -hmm. with comics being how they are, you'll need context, but to be able to dive into the character, you should have all the tools from the uh, adapted media that you are experiencing. You shouldn't have to dive in and be like, whoa, I have no idea what's going on here. Like, there are certain things that should be inherent to that character in any adaptation. That I don't think Moon Knight took the time to, you know, dot their eyes across their T's.
1: Yeah, and like if you look at like even like Phase One, like not to like compare Marvel to other like if you compare Marvel to itself, yeah, like Captain America First Avenger, is does exactly that. It it's oh. you watch that movie, you get it, you get it has him, my heart. and then you can just go instantly to read some modern Captain America books, and you, you're you're on board. You know, even yeah. like Iron Man, which was like kind of a fundamental shift of the character like you could you still got the general direction of what he was supposed to be and then you could go read the denny o'neill stuff right and like get it you know versus like if i watch moon Knight and then i go read moon Knight comics that's not what i'm signed up for and then if i read yeah. moon night comics and then i go watch moon Knight, that's also not what i signed up for yeah and it almost feels like 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 it, it feels like the comics kind of only exists
0: as like advertisement at this point which that's frustrating right. and you it's know? not even like advertisement for the comics is advertisement for itself yeah exactly which is unfortunate because i feel like that drains a lot of the creativity out of it and that's i think one of the big you know contributors to the argument that everything about the mcu feels the same yeah that's why i think some of the big swings that they did take in this phase hit a little bit harder because of this sameness throughout a lot of
2: its
1: product when like when like there's 16 things And five of them are like real sick and you do really interesting (laughs) things with it. But then you got 11 things that are kind of your standard MCU Disney plus formula all within like the span of a year and a half. Right. That's I think that's where that mentality has been coming from lately.
0: Yeah. And
1: you're absolutely right. Like within the span of a year and a half, too. That's too much, too much, too fat. That's why I just stopped (laughs) making I stopped trying to follow it. <laughs> just like, 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 I was like, oh, should I? I, I, I was never gonna do a Black Panther video because it's not my thing to talk about. But like, I just trying to talk about anything MCU on a on a YouTube channel is like impossible yeah. because the second you like, I did it, like even Ms Marvel, people forgot about Ms Marvel within like three weeks,
0: and it's upsetting, yeah.
1: you know. Which is unfortunate
0: because I think that yeah. even with the choices that show makes, and we'll talk about it, obviously, like I think there's yeah. still a lot of potential there. Yeah, and exactly. Iman Volani is quite possibly one of the greatest comic book castings I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, So strangely enough, we've had our first two have been similar. We'll see if we, we keep that streak going with number 14. My number 14 is Eternals. And okay. Eternals is a film. And I told Troy about this off mic, that I have a lot of complicated feelings about because I think, in concept it should have been this groundbreaking like this is our you know this is our big prestige film with the cast that we had the scope the story we're trying to tell the cinematography the directing like this was supposed to be their big push and unfortunately i don't think it quite stuck the landing for me i will say complete disclaimer here i watched this film in quite possibly the worst environment and it was the worst movie going experience i've ever had in my entire life we went and saw this uh at an a at a local amc theaters on uh, opening night friday night big mistake i already know this um But throughout the entire film, people were talking. We had people taking pictures. Some, Like, fucking this couple next to us got in a fight. We're shouting at each other for the entire back half of the movie. So it's like, that absolutely weighs on me as a moviegoer and my view on the film. That being said, setting that off to the side. I will say now what I have said since I watched that movie. It should have been a show. Eternals should have been a show with the scope of the story they were trying to tell because I was so much more invested in literally all of the flashback sequences than anything they were doing in the modern day. And to have them be involved in all those things, you could have dedicated an entire episode to Cersei. You could have... done an entire episode dedicated to fastest like having an episode for each eternal and then kind of bringing them all together at the end, I think would have paid off huge dividends for this story because it feels incredibly rushed because you're establishing an entire superhero team who have been around for generations on generations while also trying to explain why they haven't gotten involved in literally anything up to this point. And It's strange to me because like they have all the tools. Chloe Zhao is an incredible talent and you see it. It's also shot beautifully. It's a gorgeous film to look at. And the ideas really feed into the heart of what I think is the logical next step for the MCU, which is going cosmic. I think the more cosmic the MCU goes, the more the more room they'll have to stretch out creatively. But by the end of the movie, so much has happened. So many characters have been introduced. You're trying to piece together all the character relationships, who knows what, knows where, knows when. And at the end of the film, they basically get rid of half of the cast. And you're like, okay, now I can focus. Now I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it made, made me interested in a sequel literally only because I knew that we would be dealing with half of the characters so that those characters would get more time. Because no one has a a lengthy amount of time to get you established to that character, except maybe Cersei, which is great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Gemma Chan forever. But like, it's not enough time with these characters. And I don't feel like you got enough time to really get into how fucking cool Makari is as a character. Like, yeah. give me an entire film on just Makari and all of her super speed scenes. Might... Maybe, maybe the best super speed and live action that we've ever seen in a comic book film. It's possible. Uh, I've I've really loved pieces of this film, but I couldn't Hmm. really love the film as a whole. And that's, it was disappointing for me personally. So that's my number 14. Troy, what do you have?
1: I I agree with you on Eternals. It's a few spaces above this for me, be- okay. Purely because Chloe Zhao directed it pretty well, and I yes, the fact fe- you are I had never considered it being a show, which you're totally right. Which is ironic because all these shows are basically just movies, and finally <laughs> you have a, you have something that could have been like structured as a show, a show and they didn't do it. That's yeah. that's hilarious to me. Um, my number fourteen is a uh, what if because oh, nice. you all forgot what if was part of this phase <laughs> <laughs> everybody forgot like I, don't, I when they announced what if i was like oh yeah oh yeah this yeah. is gonna be cool This is gonna be great fine like i've always felt like the mcu was kind of like limited like the canon i think sometimes can limit creativity and i lately there's been an obsession with it and I've sure. always been like, yeah, you can do so many interesting things, like, oh yeah, what if Spider-Man was recruited by Captain America instead of Iron Man, which that's I mean they're doing something similar with freshman year. Um, Like like there's so much potential of just like changing little things in, the, in what it, in, in the MCU to like have lasting consequences. Yeah, but they didn't really do anything interesting with it. Like it, the animation was interesting. I, I kind of like the style, but it also it, it didn't fit particularly well. Right. Like it's it's a hard show to like to like just give a whole like a whole review on because they're it's all just piecewise you know? Yeah. up until the end which I think it's kind of weird to do. So so the fact that they were building <laughs> up this this multiversal Avengers of what if and then having Jeffrey Wright connect them all like like a Nick Fury style. I yeah. think that kind of goes against like the core of what what if is supposed to be. Yeah. Cuz like
0: self-contained stories that don't
1: Like have yeah, to... they're self-contained like the the one where like Flash Thompson is Spider-Man. You're never going to see that guy again. You're never going to see him again. I but love that story. It's a really fun one. Yeah, it's really it's fun so good. Sad, and, like, but, but very good. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's so now when you frame it as like, this is content, this is so you have to be followed. You have to watch this. So you're going to be able to understand Doctor Strange 2. Like when you frame it like that, you're instantly putting this like weight on what if that it's that's not supposed to be there. You know, right like you're what if supposed to be the silly stuff like uh like like what if the marvel bullpen was the fantastic four yeah or you know? Mar- like stuff that's just like okay this is fucking stupid but <laughs> it's really fun
0: yeah
2: and
1: i just feel like in like it was great to see like chadwick come back and like that's like do his last performance and stuff and like wow. obviously it, it's sad and stuff but like just some of the choices i think of the the, their what if stories i felt were very limited like oh what if thor was a party guy i don't even watch that episode i'm gonna be honest i like like so many of them i'm just like
0: it, it's funny because i actually really enjoyed that episode really? just for okay, the, lo- maybe I'll, maybe just I'll for the looney tunes and... of it all it's basically okay. if you smash together looney tunes and dragon ball z and that's the entire episode okay that actually um, sounds fun maybe i'll watch that. Yeah, it, it, but it it's like, a lot of fun and it's one of yeah. those things where it's like you don't need to commit any real time to a really any like investment to it. Cause it's just like, it's a big yeah. punch him up.
1: Okay. That's fair. I, yeah. And I just, I it, like, they, they hyped up the, the, the captain Carter stuff a lot, which yeah. like, I think captain Carter is a great concept, a great, really interesting thing. Absolutely agree. And you, you rushed it in 20 minutes, you know, Oof, you, yeah. you, all these, all these were concepts that were either too little or way too much. Like Marvel zombies in 20 minutes, but thank God they're doing their own show for that now. Yeah. Marvel zombies was like the most disappointing thing I've seen on, on, on Disney <laughs> on, on the most disappointing because you know but like like you hype up that event so much and like there's fun stuff to it but like right it just it never was able to live up to like I think the expectations of like what it could have been yeah and so I'm hoping for a season two to 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 make up for that but it's just the fact that everybody like you forgot about what everybody forgot about what if <laughs> you know <laughs> like i don't know i think forgettability is worse than something being like like bad you know which is why i have eternals yes. like higher because i at least like like wait i forgot about what happens in eternals but at least i remember <laughs> that it what it looked like you know
0: yeah for sure
1: but yeah yeah that, that that's that's a great point
0: i i do have what if up a couple as well um mm-hmm. But yeah, I absolutely i see what you're going, what you're uh, the Doctor
1: Strange episode is great. The Doctor Strange episode is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely great. It's just like Moon Knight. You got one great episode. Yeah. And then the rest is
0: like forgettable.
2: Yeah. They love doing that. Yeah, you're not
0: wrong. You're not wrong. (laughs) So uh, a number where are we at 13. So lucky 13. 13. I have Black Widow.
1: I also is that yours
0: as well yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) hell yeah so black widow is a very interesting uh experience for me because i don't think i've ever with a marvel movie watched the first five ten minutes of a film and gotten myself so hyped up only to then be slowly dragged back down over the course of an hour and a half because the opening of black widow is top tier mcu them setting up the family, them being like okay, we got to get out of here, the whole action sequence at the beginning and then them getting taken away into a Metal Gear Solid opening credit sequence. I was like this is going to be incredible. I'm so glad we're finally getting this. <laughs> and then as time goes on, as the runtime continues, uh it very quickly becomes bog standard MCU fare, which is yeah. unfortunate because this is a character who has had probably the most thankless job in the MCU for the first three phases of being like the female on the team. Yeah, and that We're gonna being, do all the like, butt
1: shots of her and really objectify this
0: character in this actress. And all of the yeah. oh those boys kind of scenes, like yeah. that she oh, had gosh. to suffer through so that she could just get <laughs> one film. Um. <laughs> it's unfortunate Uh, i will say some of the cast on this is incredibly strong obviously david harbour is red guardian and of course pew pew herself florence pew playing yelena belova like iconic and i think that she is going to hopefully get a much better treatment than her predecessor as we go forward here but yeah you're
1: forgetting the support casting you're forgetting the support casting, and it's elaine you're right
0: <laughs> fuck you're right because this is this is now the first place she shows up to. that's right <laughs> She
1: this no she was well, i think she was talking about her shoulder but yeah
0: but but that okay, got oh, released sorry, afterwards you yeah you're right you're so right. so now chronologically she shows up here first which is <laughs> hilarious because it's literally that scene is set up for you to know who she is <laughs> <laughs> and you have no idea watching that. I had no idea. And it's like, who is this person? Why are you interested in her? Who are we? Oh, I'm Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Who? Who? <laughs> like.
2: You're and gasoline. I read those I comics. Care. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I read those comics. I knew who she was. And even I was like, who is this? Val? Like it was that was to me i will never forget that experience watching at home because the safety of our own home and being able to watch something on disney plus on the same day that it released in theaters uh it was uh it was quite the experience i think this absolutely was kind of this might have been the first inclination for a lot of people that oh hey the vfx are kind of spl- slipping here i feel yeah. like the, uh huh why does that not look as good as it should and then it kind of snowballed from there but i do yeah. i do adore some of the performances here um i think there's a reason that they're bringing back david harbour as red guardian because he stole most of that movie for me he was wonderful um and i mean it's 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 a fine film i don't think anything on this list except probably thor love and thunder is just outright bad but this mm-hmm. is just kind of, it's a fine film like it's not yeah. really here nor there uh I was, I was telling troy like i forgot that this was part of phase four because it was so it feels like a lifetime ago yeah and it, totally different from everything else in this which is hilarious considering how totally different every project seems to be for phase 4 but uh yeah that's that's my uh, that's my soapbox on that what do you think of black widow
1: yeah i i totally agree like you the the opening is fantastic like you i recorded a commentary track cuz i was best back when i was doing commentary tracks yeah like, yeah like so you can live watch at my reactions of like <laughs> i'm not that excited for black widow everybody i'm sorry guys and then i started i'm like whoa wait Oh wait, oh wait, this is so cool. And then just oh no. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) Like and I think This is a nightmare. It's (laughs) it's it's you're right. It's like it's just so it's very standard and you have interesting elements there that they set up and they do very well at the beginning, but then you just they just drop the ball. And I think the fact that this is their own the only treatment of that Black Widow got you know, in a solo setting, done in 2020, a year after she was killed off. You know, the uh, did ten years after she was introduced. Yeah, like you're, and also you're, you're only your second female-led project. I think. I guess if you don't count you count one division, third. Like, it was just like, oh, jeez this is what we've been like waiting for. It feels. it almost feels like just a thing to say, Hey guys, we made a black widow movie. You, here you go. <laughs> Instead of like actually trying to make a black, like it feels yeah. like the response to the people that say, why hasn't, you know, like, like, like why haven't they made a black widow movie at that point? And then they made it. And yeah. now it's like, Oh,
0: okay. Oh, that's why. But
1: no, I, yeah. <laughs> and I agree. With, I agree. Uh, Yelena is fantastic. And David Herbert was great. Um, but then you have taskmaster
0: oh god i forgot about taskmaster no
1: (laughs) oh man i freaking i I don't like i'm cool with the gender swap that's not an issue for me that's not the issue yeah it's the this you did do taskmaster it's another thing such a cool character yeah and the design oh my god freaking that's a nerf that's a nerf gun right there that's like what that's like a 300 hundred dollar nerf suit that you buy yeah. for for like something. <laughs> that's
0: what that's what you bring out to your paintball sesh with the boys on the yeah. weekend. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's just it's disappointing because the character in the comics is so great and looks so cool. Like even just like at yeah. a design standpoint, there's a reason Testmaster has been in two games already. You know, as with, and
0: with both Spider-Man of the and designs Avengers. were cooler than this one.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's in like and then on top of the fact that now the character's coming back for Thunderbolts yeah completely erasing the like 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 whatever arc that, that that she had in this movie of like of kind of overcoming the 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 control of someone and finally yeah, taking agency so over thing. herself and stuff like that now you're back into it it's it's sort of like what the same thing with bucky where it's like oh god <laughs> damn it again you know and it's just it, this movie just kind of exists to introduce <laughs> you to elena to, to elena to introduce you to taskmaster it's, it's just to meet like a handful of characters for other projects and like that's always yeah. exhausting to me because i don't need that i could yeah. have watched hawkeye and been yeah. like oh she's her she's her sister cool i get perfect it. you know I read, kill I read i cool. read comics i know how to look up wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> and i think that's the issue is that a lot of people don't get that that you sometimes don't have to know everything And so there's all these projects to like explain stuff and I'm just, I'm exhausted by it. Or even if you do
0: need to know everything, like you don't Mm -hmm. have to watch everything as it happens. Like I know we are, we are in an age where I think it's all too often. You go to look to content creators to give you breakdowns of like comic books and their stories in a way that's like really disingenuous and kind of an insult to the actual creators. Mm -hmm but those are options available to you like you yeah. don't need to, you can look up who these people are that's why way back marvel used to like release those big ass encyclopedias just giving yeah. you the big old just heavily bound books of like these are all the characters in the marvel that's how i fucking learned when i was a little yeah, kid I, like yeah my I dad had that Spider-Man big one. binder yeah yeah and it's like you so learn about when stacy was that's how i learned who d-man is like <gasps> you you have these resources for a reason many of them actually put out by marvel and it's like hmm. you could go look that up or you can yeah. like you know get actual like people who are content creators who have the ability to say hey i'm not going to tell you everything that's happening but if you're interested in this character learn about it through reading these stories they are great you yeah, should exactly. do this um Someone, someone on this podcast has actually uh, made a couple videos doing just that, I think, on their uh, on their YouTube channel in, the, in
2: huh. the realm
0: of, hey, you should you should check these out for Superman stories. I don't know. Who that should read. Be. I or, don't know. Uh,
1: I don't know about that. I don't know. I think you might need to name some names. I don't know who you're talking about.
0: Maybe it's possible, but <laughs> I <laughs> but I, I do think there's there's something incredibly missable about this film i think genuinely if this film dropped in 2017 we would have a very different view on it yeah and it's like you mentioned i think it's the poor timing of it with it being like yeah we're gonna give her her one solo movie that takes place before the movie that she died and we're gonna release it a a year after she died so it's like there's no stakes you don't know like you don't have any kind of like oh is she gonna make it out of this of course she is like but yeah, so that's 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 my take on it. I think that it's again, it's bog standard, it's fine, yeah uh so at number twelve at number twelve, I have what if um you you mentioned it already before, uh there are a lot of good but a lot of bad i think I think I came down on it a little a little less harsh than you did. Watching some of the episodes, uh I enjoyed them. I really loved the uh, Nick Fury mystery episode where he's trying to figure out who's killing all of his Avengers candidates. But that's why I forgot about that one. Overall, I think I am much more interested in what they do with season two now that they've established yeah. the concept. Hopefully, with season two, that they take bigger swings. Because I think, like you yeah. mentioned, with the multiple what if comics that you and all of them were bangers, the ones that you did mention, by the way. Go read those; they're legit comics that are wonderful reads. Um, I hope they swing bigger with season two, yeah. and that's that's all I will add to that conversation on that. So, what what is your number twelve? My number twelve is Eternals, so we just like swapped. Oh,
1: them. nice! Hell yeah! Okay, so that yeah. Yep. I like. I think Eternals is fine. It's I, it, the fact that you said it should have been a show just compl- like just throwing <laughs> me for a loop here because you're totally right. <laughs> Like it's it's a big concept, and I like will commend Chloe Zhao for directing a movie. Yes, in in kind of the era where like a lot of them like I like like in that space like oh, when when was Eternals was kind of released around other things that weren't particularly yeah. memorable either. It's and like so like early
0: twenty twenty one, I think. Yeah,
1: Somewhere. and so so to have like 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 to have a, a Marvel movie that's like, okay, there's direction here it's not exactly the best executed and like it is kind of, it's pretty boring yeah. but it's like you got something there you know yeah and it's pretty I'm interested in I'm interested in it it's it, 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 but it's but it is also forgettable so I don't know yeah. i i i, I, I I, I, I might have just put it up higher because I was like, I don't really remember it that much. <laughs> so I don't want to be mean on it. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in the middle
0: where I'm just like, I don't I don't know, dude. This was forever ago. <laughs> this was this was a lifetime ago. A literal yeah, lifetime it's, ago. It's fascinating because I keep I'm reminded literally every week by a coworker that Harry Styles is in that movie. And <laughs> it's because she she's like a Harry Styles stan. Like she yeah. is she she went on like there's video of her on ellen like Mm -hmm. obsessing uh, over him like it's crazy like she and she's proud of that video like she shows people at work all the time but like every week she has she reminds me like well harry's already already in the mcu and i'm like fuck he is isn't he
2: oh
1: wow I, i saw this i saw this 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 just screenshot of all the Rotten Tomatoes of every of every movie Harry Styles has been in, and it's just it, with more with every with the more lines he has, it just keeps going down and
2: down. <laughs> <laughs>
1: think, and like the implication was that he was the reason, like his credit scene was the reason why Eternals has a low Rotten Tomatoes. And I think that's really funny. <laughs> I mean, that um, credit
0: scene is all about him, so I get it. It's
1: all about him, which is I I do kind of wish like i i like experienced that for real for real like it, it was
0: great. it was an experience i will say that there was a big whoop and a cheer in the theater when he <laughs> showed up and i'm like really this guy i just remember being okay. like oh is that harry St- harry styles <laughs> yeah um, i was like oh okay harry Styles okay sure
1: yeah and then nobody talks about the the blade credit scene because, because they're a literally- weird one
0: because no one in their right mind watched that and immediately went, Oh, well, that's obviously the voice of esteemed it's actor, Ali yeah, playing the character of Blade. <laughs> like, they did, they could have shown him, yeah. You can't no, cast.
1: This, did you just not have a, a suit design yet? He, he, a long, he, he just a long has to jacket. be, in,
0: yeah, he could be in shadow. Look. Yes, Dude, the for- just be in shadow, honestly. and then he leans <laughs> out of the shadow. You only see his face, and he smiles. And there's the vampire teeth. Like, yeah, easy. It's but so it's so fu- transparent that he was they like, just
1: oh, don't touch that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the line wasn't even, like, hey, I wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> it's such a weird credit. Like, what if
0: I told you <laughs> that maybe you shouldn't do that? <laughs> like, I do <don't... laughs> It's like to me it's super clear that they added that straight in post. They just had him oh, come definitely. in for a day like right before the film came out. It's like, "Hey, can you say this one line and we're going to pay you $25,000?" And he's like, "Sure, let's yeah. do this." Yeah, actually, like and that's then... the line. We're just going to take that. Uh yeah. like <laughs> what, it's...
1: Your, your, what your audition did. What we were just yeah. like, we're actually just going to use your audition line. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. We're just we're just going to record you candidly and then like whatever phrase we think is going to work for this particular scene <laughs> we'll, we'll throw it don't
1: worry about it rehearsal <laughs> 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 you're great do your thing over there man <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're wonderful keep doing you we'll figure out context uh, no yeah, i know worry. you're
1: busy with green book two <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> To green two booker <laughs> like <laughs> it's it yeah it, it's a strange choice for sure I hope yeah. that they literally in blade have the same treatment where it's very clearly uh Harrington's voice <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say Jon Snow and I was like, no I can't do- I have to try and fi- remember his name uh but it's very clearly like his voice being like <laughs> like hey, I did the thing like just some fucking random line <laughs> and it's like, Wait, like was MCU that
1: style humor yeah
0: <laughs> was that Kit Harrington? As the Black Knight?
1: Is that the King of the North?
0: <laughs> the one who just, didn't just, want he's the just, crown? He's just... I don't want it. I don't want it.
1: My queen.
0: My queen. I don't want it.
1: I need to watch the new Game of Thrones show. I've heard it's good. I need to. I I've heard to it's
0: to good it. too. And yeah. Matt Smith is an absolute gem, so I'll I watch Matt anything Smith. he's in. Oh, wait, are we ranking Morbius, Morbius
1: in this? Because I put Morbius at number one.
0: Uh, I actually had Morbius at number twenty out of sixteen. So, oh, uh, see, that's a whole. I think that's a whole debate. That's a whole three-hour conversation we're gonna have to have. Tune in for that next week on our three-hour <laughs> "It's Morbid Time" conversation, which will Listen, be a if, video podcast. All I'm saying is, if if
1: What If is part of this, then Morbius should be two.
0: Can you Im- <laughs> Can you imagine Morbius and What If two? Morbius. what if season 2 what if Morbius morbed like what if it was Morbid Time like I will pay good money to hear Jeffrey Wright say what if it was Morbid
1: Time Dr. Michael Morbius <laughs> <laughs> what if he didn't go to Pilates <laughs> what legend. if Dr. Okay. Fate
0: actually said Black Adam what if that what if that i want to know i want to live in that universe oh, <laughs> uh so yeah tune in for that more same more yeah. time same morb channel <laughs> uh so number 11 number 11 yeah. uh for me is miss marvel uh miss marvel i had super high hopes that i would say the first two episodes of miss marvel peak show like i felt really good about it i thought the stylistic decisions it felt like scott pilgrim it felt like we are lady parts watch that show off peacock it's incredible and also features a uh, south asian lead it's wonderful um great show it felt like something new something fresh and uh, obviously i mentioned already iman Vellani, like an absolute powerhouse and the perfect casting for miss marvel there's no one in the world who i think embodies that character more than her i just really didn't care about the show as it went on man like all of the the gemstone green lantern amethyst powers didn't really work for me it feels like a super unnecessary change just for like licensing and toys and even in the toy that we got it didn't feature any of her powers anyway so why why was that decision made uh it's it's baffling and the the whole plot line about oh she can time travel now i guess she can time travel now and like the shit with the clandestine like i didn't what was this for why did we yeah like the first two episodes are super solid really enjoy it and then watch the last episode because she's in the costume like that's really it about the show yeah uh i think you mentioned already like people forgot about it like literally a month after it was which is upsetting
1: because miss marvel is like such a fantastic
0: character she's incredible yeah she has all the makings of like this generation's peter parker yeah like this is a character who can who will have staying power and it's unfortunate that she didn't get a first a better outing on her first go. And obviously this is not the end for her. She's going to show up in the Marvels. I'm sure there's going to be a Miss Marvel season two, maybe who knows, but like, yeah. I wish this had been stronger for me. Yeah.
1: Especially because is... like what we talked about with Moon Knight, like this yeah. could have drawn a lot of people to that fantastic so comic. Cause that comic, like is really important to me and like, it changed, oh, like I read it incredible. like at the right time and yeah. like, it, it like really influenced me. So like, I think,
0: yeah that was uh, that was the first comic that that uh that my fiance ever read because she was like when we first started dating she was like okay like i don't really like comics and i was like you will and i gave her (laughs) fucking volume one of miss marvel and she adored it yeah but like it's it's unfortunate that it didn't get the get the time that i felt like it should have yeah, because I I think we are going to look back on it as the years go by, and as uh, Miss Marvel becomes more ingrained in the MCU, that she should have gotten a better first outing.
1: Yeah, and like I think that the, just the change of her, like it it feels petty and it feels like repetitive at this point. Yeah, because they were they were leaked and we saw the trailers and we like like we yeah. we've been we'd known about this for forever until the show came out. But I really do think that the power change is just a fundamental, like, you drop misunderstanding the of the that. character. Yeah, yeah because it, it represents so much with her, her character and her character arc that to turn her, her into identity essentially. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it was always frustrating when I would want to talk about it because people would say, oh, we're over this move on because it had been leaked and because we'd seen trailers. And I'm just like, when can I talk about this? Because like, but well,
0: then people that, have already moved on me. from the show yeah yeah and i think that that speaks to not just a lack of ignorant or just not a you know a a certain amount of ignorance but a lack of empathy in that like yeah maybe you moved on from it because you're you know cis hetero white person who doesn't like care about these kind of representations and the stories that these are supposed to tell but her power set is directly linked to her identity and her struggle yeah. and why that character works. And yeah. so like to take it away and basically like Green Lantern junior over here. Like it's yeah, it, it shows to me a fundamental lack of understanding of the character and why it yeah, exactly. she works. So yeah. that's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. that's my 11. What is your
2: 11?
1: I, my 11 is weird because I'm gonna fully admit I haven't seen these two shows entirely. I've seen a couple episodes and they're cool, but I didn't feel comfortable like, <laughs> put, so I put them like kind of. I tried to put them smack in the middle, um, and that's that's Hawkeye and She-Hulk. I I I don't have negative opinions on them. I think they're cool <laughs> from what I've seen. I just yeah. I missed them when they came out, and then the Twitter timeline just completely spoiled everything for me. Yeah, like I I you, I could verbatim tell you what happens in Hawkeye. I and I, <laughs> I, I, I like I, I love the Kate Bishop character and I think I just totally I, I skipped out on that one because I like all the David Aha stuff I was like I don't really know if I want to yeah. support this right now and I also wanted to like experiment with like because like so many of these shows are made to be six hour movies right like you're they're made to be binged and I wanted to experiment with just like waiting till it's all done and then watching it all in a binge yeah. But then every week I already had what happened to get told to me. And so <laughs> just like, oh, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. And so She-Hulk, like from what I've seen, I I, I think I like She-Hulk. I think it seems cool. And I've seen the Daredevil stuff. And it looks really fun. I yeah. just put it here because I don't, you know, I can't fairly put it there. And then I have Miss Marvel on top of those. So,
2: <laughs> nice. yeah,
1: honestly,
0: could Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. Oh, so. i'll 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 say hawkeye is my number 10 uh okay so we could i could definitely speak of that too i i loved hawkeye like all of all the david aha stuff is absolutely horrendous and it does need to be addressed and i think the treatment of that going forward needs to be needs to just be reworked and redone from the ground up i am also a notable Uh, basic bitch for Christmas and Hawkeye being set at Christmas immediately. I'm like, well, this is very clearly the best Disney plus show we've had so far. And I, I mean, I've loved it. Like you said, Haley Steinfeld is Kate Bishop. Incredible. Love Mm -hmm. seeing more uh, Filipino representation there. She's half Filipino. Um, It's the chemistry between her and uh, Jeremy Renner was fantastic. Clint Barton, uh gets a lot more depth in this show than he probably should or has before there are a few yeah. scenes in this that are absolutely heartbreaking, legitimately heartbreaking, and yes, the spoilers of it all with like the kingpin and with echo were unfortunate um and I honestly genuinely wanted to put this higher, but the more stuff that I looked at the list of, I was like well it's not better than that it's not better than that. It's definitely not better than that. Like it just kept pushing it further and further down for me. So uh, I really enjoyed Hawkeye. I thought it was a really fun show and I'm excited for more of Kate Bishop going forward. Uh, but yeah, so that's at my number 10. Um, and you said you had probably like She-Hulk. I, I put
1: nine. She-Hulk, I guess at number nine. Yeah. Just because okay. I've I, it looks fun. But I think like with yeah. Hawkeye, I, I will revisit it. I absolutely will because you know me. I, you're a basic bitch for Christmas. I'm a basic bitch bitch for archers, and yeah. I think it was just the yes, sense you of like, are. Oh man, I think I'm just
0: bitter that it's not a green arrow show, and that was also a reason. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, if it, it, it helps, there are some anti-billionaire sentiment in that show. Oh God, so... no!
1: It's perfect. I, it really came <laughs> out at just the worst time. Then, yeah, it was like, hey, we're gonna put this smack in the middle of Spider-Man month or something.
0: Yep. So, yeah, it was unfortunate. For sure, yeah. It uh, was so really—it
1: was a personal attack on me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then, at number nine, then I am going to uh, just mention, and I was shocked again that I had this this far down. Um, it's Wandavision. Number nine. I the further I get away from Wandavision, the more I love it. But again, it was one of those situations where I was like, "Well, it's not better than this. It's not better than that," and i i would like listener for you for just a moment to cast your mind back to january of 2021 a far-flung age when this show was coming out weekly and every episode was an event this was the return of the mcu this was 2020 basically had black widow and then it took the rest of the year off and 2021 was the return of the episode. They heralded it as we're back. And this was appointment viewing every single week. And the mystery that it wove into the first three or four episodes was astounding. And all of the use of the sitcom tropes, the underlying horror of this Something controlling these people, you know, Pleasantville vibes, the um, Stepford Wives, like all of this. There's something just off here. I still have a very, I still have a visceral memory of the moment when Vision is starting to catch on to what's happening to Wanda, and then all of a sudden, there's like a little and it cuts and it's back the beginning, and he's talking yeah. about I felt my entire body literally sink into my floor like watching that episode it was masterful it was absolutely incredible does it fall off as it gets towards the end yes it does not have a let's say fantastic finale the ralph boner of it all does have a it does leave a a bad taste in your mouth but i i challenge you to find a more talked about twitter moment than the finale of episode four when she opens the door and it's fucking quicksilver from the fox x-men films standing there in the doorway no one knew what was happening the entire week was full of theories and arguments and everyone doing their own pepe silvia from you know putting their strands of string around it was incredible this felt like it felt special in a way that Marvel doesn't feel anymore, which is unfortunate. And maybe I'm talking myself into ranking this higher by, by talking about it the way that I'm talking about it. But WandaVision, I think doesn't get the flowers it deserves for really, I think realistically kicking off phase four and what it represents. Um, But yeah, so that is, that is my number nine WandaVision. Um, and then you mentioned i think i'm on
1: One division's my number eight so like oh perfect, works out perfect. Then like, feel free to yeah. feel so free to talk I, about it yeah i like i told i i agree with you i think like the first because what is it it's, is it nine episodes or eight episodes total i think it's nine i'm trying to nine i
0: think I, first, I remember like, vividly episodes, there was there was that whole like theory of like oh, it's nine episodes, but it's going to do, you know, the the TV trope of episode 10 is going to be a reunion special, and it's a secret 10th episode.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember that too. Like, I, I think the first, like, seven episodes are fantastic. I agree with you, are fantastic. It's like some of the best things the MC- best MCUs made, the The Quicksilver scene was like, oh, they're going, they're doing stuff. They're, they're actually doing using it. the Fox characters. They're actually, like, like they're doing what I have kind of wanted. Yeah. And like you're at the horror of it, the subtle, like, like something's off here. Like, I, I think it's fantastic. It actually justifies itself as a TV show, as opposed to yep. this, a six hour movie. Totally like, agree. It, 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 there's a reason it was like, there's a reason it was talked about all the time and there's a reason it kickstarted the Wanda stands. Yes. Like, oh, I think God. that's the, that's honestly the most damaging thing. This thing, this show did. <laughs> um, but I do think it's, it's just, it's, it's the epitome James, J JJ Abrams was not involved in this, but it is the epitome of the JJ J. Abrams mystery style mystery box style yeah. of of story, where we're like, oh, what's going on here? You better stick around to find out. We also don't know. <laughs> but we're I don't get know get what it is. I'll well, figure it out. And like <laughs> like like the Ralph Boner thing, they could have done something interesting with it with like I was fully expecting it to sort of tie into Spider-Man where, and I think we, we, we could have established like, because, because this whole thing was building up the idea of the multiverse was sort of a big right. chunk of the of phase four. I was fully expecting them to say, yeah, there's a guy named Ralph Boner who looks exactly like Quicksilver from this universe. And we're just, a, we established that the, the actual, ex- oh, sorry, I bumped my mic. The, <laughs> the, the, the we established that the population from different universes is always the same, but the names and identities are switched around. Yeah. And so I was expecting like Toby Maguire to be uncle Ben and right. Andrew Garfield to be like Richard Parker or something like that. And yeah. then showing like, like the a these actors yeah. exist. Yeah. And, but then they didn't do that. And then Loki just <laughs> ended up being like a variance and stuff like that. So the Ralph Boner thing exists for no reason.
0: No reason.
1: And you're building up this like very interesting horror show with like this very flawed protagonist, and you build up, and then you just get MCU style fight. It's yeah. it's very MCU finale in Sky its, Laser. Its episode. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh man! And then the character <laughs> never really gets like her comeuppance from doing yeah. this like horrendous thing. <laughs> which which led to a lot of the stands being like, oh, she never did anything wrong, and I'm like, uh, no, like, she did. Oh, Hang on. actually, she did. Wait, Wait a second, <laughs> she did. <laughs> um, but I think I I and I don't want to like let the finale and let that sort of disappointingness pull it down, right. Because I do think that, like like the the Halloween episode is phenomenal. Oh, incredible, it, it's phenomenal, and it's it like I I think it's important to try to detach the like the Mephistoness of everything yeah. of the whole discourse out of it because right. like that was exhausting and that did it nothing was. but like the oh it's the I think the 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 aerospace engineer is gonna be Reed Richards <laughs> like the the obsession with cameo and it, it sort of kickstarted that. that yeah like, the obsession with theories now, and
0: cameos yeah
1: like we're like right now we're like constantly trying to grasp that same energy or like like and i i wonder i think marvel's trying to appeal to that too like we want that hype moment like we want that moment of oh my god it's quicksilver and that like we want that yo let's go soups moment and we haven't been able to get it since and i think it's the show is like it's 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 for the better because of it but it's also like a negative of the show i think you
0: know yeah totally but i still think it's a good
1: show and i want to like absolutely you know yeah
0: it's yeah. it's a great show. I think it like you said, it is one of the only shows in this that really speaks to what it is to be a television show and not a <laughs> triple size director's cut of a film. Yeah. Um you need that space every week to theorize, to try and analyze. Okay, what did we see in the previous episode that could give us clues into the next one? And again it was the like you said the mephisto of it all i still very clearly remember i think it was that uh rafa gorsetti art of evan peters as mephisto like that looked incredible and the idea of like oh man he's not really quicksilver; he's mephisto like all of it seemed plausible it seemed like Mm -hmm. anything could happen and that was really exciting because there is as we've talked about before, there's a certain predictability and a certain sameness in the MCU. And this felt wildly different from yeah. everything that had come before it. And I really, really dig that. Um, and something, since we're still talking about uh, number eight, something that I also feel was different enough for me was she Hulk because I, I adored this show. Y'all I really, really did um it's one of those shows just like wandavision that knows it's a show and is structured like a show every episode is made to be in service to the grander narrative but also a self-contained story there's an entire episode on fucking the uh the immortal man trying to deal with all of his ex-wives throughout his entire life because they all want alimony like dealing with the legal ramifications of that while jen is also dealing with the a plot like we got a and b plots again in tv shows can you imagine crazy can you imagine a world
1: fundamental structure of television no way (laughs) no
0: way (laughs) couldn't be me it's it's a fun show that knew what it was um i think tatiana maslani is absolutely incredible i was in the camp when the casting call went out and they're like we're looking for an allison Bree type that i was like why not just get allison Bree? just get it yeah she's <laughs> I right there that was the
1: casting. that's really funny
0: <laughs> yeah that was like the the whole thing was like we're looking for an allison Bree type and i'm like allison Bree is right there she would have been perfect for this and and then it was rumored that oh no they might want someone. You know, someone younger, someone like, and you know what, if that's the case, sure, whatever. But then they cast Tatiana Maslani, who's the same age as Alison Brie. And I'm like, what is, th- anyway, Tatiana Maslany is incredible. She's a vision. She does a great job in the show of carrying a character that, for all intents and purposes, people can and have looked at as incredibly derivative. From the fact that she is a she-hulk to the whole, oh, Deadpool breaking the fourth wall newsflash she did it first and she did it better it's hilarious to me the amount of hate that the show got and the fact that it knew it was going to get that hate and so in every episode it was proved right there's something really i don't know there's something so gratifying about that and i can't imagine how it feels to the creators who absolutely pinpointed every incel criticism that they were going to have and hit the nail right on the head um it's also i mean of course the daredevil of it all bringing back charlie cox in a way that is more than just one scene of a yeah. uh, a side character and an otherwise completely unrelated narrative um he's fantastic i will still stand by the fact that i think the yellow suit is better than the red suit i've said this in oh, the no. comics for years I Oh,
1: I'm going to fight you on this. I'm sorry. Oh, that's that's the breaking point. That's okay. I'm, we'll fight. We'll, uh, I I've, I've been fighting okay. literally
0: everybody else on Twitter for dare for daredevil apparently. So like it makes sense that we would eventually come to this point. I'm but,
1: sorry. That's uh, maybe I can't cast you as Superman in anything anymore. I think that's that's the <laughs> fundamental breaking point. That's
0: you know what? <laughs> Good. If that's if that's if that's what it comes down to I'll our fundamental red suit
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, i'm excited to see them evolve that suit to actually to see where they go next with it since this very yeah. clearly was let's palette swap this but yeah i
1: think that's why i wasn't as into it i i, I which is I'm fair she hook i do quite enjoy and i i think i just need to be in the mindset to like sit through because it's this was also an experiment for me of like what happens if i don't watch it Will i still get it yeah. and i did and so if it's, it, it, it marketed itself as a sitcom, and it seems like it, it achieved that, which I think is really 100%. cool. And I just have been like, I don't really have the time to watch a sitcom right now. I'm not really yeah. in the mood for that. It's the same same reason. It's just like you can't read every comic. You're you're not supposed exactly. to read every comic. So I was just like, okay, cool. I'll get to this when I get to it. You know? Yeah. Um, but I think, I think that's like what, what works I've seen about of it. It is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And she seems great. And like, it it's good to know that they actually. I I because the fact that they were able to predict the, the sort of incel reaction. It's it, why I should have seen, you should, I should have seen it coming because so much of the incel reactions is always the same.
2: It's, it's always the same, the same.
1: Re- repetitive, like the same three words said over and over again. There's and literally it, it's a fun scene. To see somebody like address it.
0: There's a, there's a scene in the show where there's like basically like a little circle jerk of like incels, like complaining about she Hulk and, one of the guys there he's undercover and he's being fed lines from another character who is a woman who has heard all of this bullshit and she's (laughs) not in the room but she's just feeding him incel lines for him to say and every single he's like okay i guess and he'll say it they're like yeah man hundred (laughs) percent you're absolutely right and it's hilarious to watch, oh, like that seems really fun. I, I, I would say, <laughs> it's it's genuinely it's a great commentary, and of course we mentioned it earlier as well. The commentary on like the VFX stuff, it is incredibly tongue in cheek and very like, oh, we're referencing something people don't like without actually addressing why people yeah. don't like it. Um, but I did like it. I thought the finale was different enough, and it featured the strength of the character. Uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed she hulk a lot so uh that is my number eight we are now on to number seven we have made it halfway through
1: oh geez oh it's only half oh my Dude, god there's yeah, so we much still, stuff
0: where's so much stuff in phase four and it was all crammed into like two years yeah that's the thing that's wild to me um so i just talked a bunch about my pick so what is your number seven uh my number se- i feel it's controversial to have this high i don't know but my number
1: seven is falcon and the winter soldier or captain america the winter soldier whatever you want to call it that's interesting Cause... that's my number six. Yeah. Oh, okay um yeah, yeah, yeah i like this show quite a bit i think Same. like 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 it came off of wandavision and i don't think it's i think like it sticks it's it's more consistent i would say where one Division it had it starts really strong and it goes really strong and then it sort of dips really hard yeah but this is a little bit more consistently like this is a solid captain america story from with the captain yeah. america characters i think like anthony Mackie has always been like a very underutilized so actor good. and a very yeah. underutilized character and the stuff that they do with him of like like tying the like the 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 personal stuff and like like that the first is it the first episode where like we we see like he still have he's like has money troubles despite the fact that he's an yeah. avenger and i'm like this is like what i've been wanting to see from this universe Absolutely. like the ground stuff i don't care i've never cared about the government stuff or the fact that we're like federal <laughs> agents doing shit like that like avengers stuff never has interested me for that reason because it feels so impersonal and then we're like just, just, just immediately us... thrown into like yeah we're like just thrown immediately into fa- like this family issues and like yeah. like hey, he can't pay off bank loans and i'm like god it's holy like, let crap let us watch Wait, him try and a a boat yeah. yeah, and I was like all on board with that, and then like the stuff with Isaiah Bradley, like oh, that, so good. like like I don't get emotional in Marvel stuff, but that made me cry like a baby because they knew yeah. where to hit it, you know, and like it it it, it suffers still from the like the three hour movie situation because like yeah. I think they all sort of do, and the finale is a little like like they it it with with like the Carly character you have yes. the issue of like oh you have your leftist villain who has great motives but oh if only she didn't kill people yeah. um which is <laughs> right like at a the trope end. that i'm kind of sick of yeah yeah but it's it's i i still think like its heart was in the right place and like i everybody says oh it got so preachy at the end i like that it got preachy yes i want captain america to preach i want superman to preach because that's what they exist for you know
0: absolutely anthony mackie has one of the best superman speeches in that last episode like my only superpower is that i believe we can do better like (laughs) that's the shit that's what we tune into like this is uh it's that's superman that's captain america that's why i I have loved those characters since i was a kid like it's fascinating to me when people shit on this show because they're like oh you know it's it's just retreading the story that we you know already told yes and no like yeah we already got you know steve passing the shield on to sam but that doesn't mean the world accepts that that doesn't mean that sam immediately accepts that and we have to like we get to tell that story we get to sit with that character we also get to sit with bucky Like, watching him go through his therapy sessions, trying to, you know, let go of his past and forgive himself for his actions as the Winter Soldier was fascinating. Yeah, Getting the Baron Zemo of it all, one of the most memeable Marvel things that's ever been. Like, he was incredible and was utilized so much better than he was in Civil War, which, again, Civil War is incredible, and he's incredible in it. But this, we got to see him play. We got to see him have a little bit more fun with it. And then we got my boy, your friend and mine, Wyatt Russell, as Johnny John Boy Johnson Walker, the U.S. agent. Like, I love that shit. I love playing with characters that are, at their core, incredibly flawed, but they're still trying to do what they think is right. And watching that downward spiral for that character is fascinating. It's appointment. It was appointment viewing for me. And I told people, like, when the fir- show first came out, like, if you didn't like how different WandaVision was from the rest of the MCU, this is much closer to what we know of as the MCU. And there's no, like, right or wrong approach to that between those two, neither of which is, like, better as an approach. But I love the treatment of this. I think, yes, the Carly stuff does fall off near the end as it kind of seems like the Disney Plus shows did uh, yeah, with yeah. with a couple exceptions. Uh, but I do think that it's still incredibly strong. It gives you basically Captain America 3.5 to yeah. build you up. And I'm so excited that that same creative team is going to be handling the fourth film with Mackie at the helm. Um yeah i just i I loved it the isaiah bradley stuff you already mentioned was incredible um and actually like there's a certain amount of uncomfortability when you see everything that's going on in the world and then you go and watch something that's supposed to be fictional and you see uh sam and bucky getting harassed by cops in the street like yeah that scene is still heartbreaking to watch and know that this is shit that happens all the time, everywhere. You
2: and might there's be a convincing
0: certain... me to put this a couple spots up. I'm going to be wrong. Because yeah. I'm looking <laughs> at my so list
1: and I'm like, good. do I like
0: Loki more than this? I don't know, actually. That's that's why I was I was talking about, yeah. like, with WandaVision. I'm like, do I like this more than I'm saying? But, <laughs> yeah, it is, I think, one of those that I think, just like for me with WandaVision, the further people get, get away from it, the more that they're going to like it because the choices that are made there also this was supposed to be the canonical introduction to our girl elaine Uh, (laughs) um having her show up and actually introduce herself and what she's about wild wild concept uh yeah i i love this show to death and again like one of the most even though yes for the most part the mcu captain america movies have been grounded mostly in realism having sam wilson Show up in one of the most comics accurate costumes for his Captain oh America that I've ever seen. Yeah,
2: oh I put in the order for that true. action
0: figure the day that that <laughs> came out. I was like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever seen." Like, you want to talk about like one to one from ripped from the page and put on the screen yeah. costumes? This is it. And yes, it's obviously they're going to tweak it and shit for the movie. They texture but
1: like, it, give it yeah. the, uh, lines
0: gotta give but them those new 52
1: well. lines yeah yeah but, but it's like it's it's the equivalent like like the term cw style suit has like it used to mean a bad thing but then the CW now started it's a good making, thing. Like, the best suits yeah. possible yeah. it's like a it's like a cw suit it's like a suit at a star girl or something where straight like, up whoa you also people just, Stargirl. just
0: go watch star girl it's incredible
1: watch was the best dude it's so, I'm,
0: I'm still real mad about it yeah uh, me too. i'm still real mad that we never never got to see more of uh more justice society stuff like we we yeah. never got a jesse quick and that really bothers the shit out of me oh, you're um, right you could have had jesse quick because well. <laughs> uh, the either way but i yeah. i love that suit and there is for what for whatever the film does or whatever the captain america character goes through next we will have that one shining moment where yeah. captain america standing in the street with politicians going like you suck. You suck. Do better. Bye bye. And he flies off into the sky, the most Superman thing that's ever happened in the MCU. Like I will carry that episode with me forever. So yeah. I love that. And it's almost I love like, that to death.
1: like I love. I loved what they did with like Steve and stuff, and with Chris Evans, and he was great in the role and stuff. Yeah. I don't think they really nailed that like feeling of Captain America. Like they were, they were, they were kind of modernizing him. Right. post winter soldier it, i don't think they nailed that like first avengers style of like oh sh- oh yeah oh like he's that, that guy sort of, like, that, yeah f- that fire in your heart that you get when you read a good superman thing or when you, when you watch a good movie, rocky America thing like yeah. yeah exactly and like i think they nailed it with with sam well without like feeling the need to like like undermine it in a way or like right. feeling the need to make it like edgy or dark or something which i, I like winter soldier a lot the movie same um but it's it's very much like taking it's this it's a story of like how that sort of like shining beacon of hope has becomes sort of corrupted, but not corrupted, but like questions himself, darkened, yeah, yeah. It, but this is like he's unquestionably like this, and I just love that, you know.
0: And to it's have such it, a good, yeah, and it's to great. have it in the current like political climate with yeah. everything going the, on, the
1: right, the right time, the exact the right time,
0: the absolute right time. It's yeah incredible love that shit to death yeah. um and that's why it's my number six at number seven okay I, i'm uh, pushing mine up actually I <laughs> said,
1: yeah I'm, I'm swapping it with uh what, what is it with loki yeah i'll swap it with loki why not <laughs> uh
0: so yeah it's oh it's so good um and you know what since you said that i i might yeah i'm, I'm gonna swap on a vision and she hulk uh, okay i'm just gonna do that because I, I love she hulk but Talking about WandaVision, I'm like, fuck, I I love WandaVision. God damn. Um, But yeah, my number seven was uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, which I think is going to ruffle a lot of feathers because it's so far down. Um, Great movie. Great movie. I think it's... It's definitely better than Far From Home. I struggle to... (laughs) I struggle to... uh, to say whether it's better than Homecoming as strictly a Spider-Man movie because of mm-hmm. all the stuff that goes into this to make it like a Spider-Man's Spider-Man: Infinity War, uh, Spider-Verse. Yeah. But I thought that for nostalgia purposes, checks all the boxes. No question. Yeah. Um Andrew Garfield is my Spider-Man. Now then forever together. Like it is like he is going to always be my Spider-Man and seeing him Pop out of a portal in the movie theater is an experience that I will carry with me for a very long time. Um, seeing Toby again after we did a whole—you know—you can go back in the archives. We did a uh, Spidey Sember, where we checked out every Spider-Man film leading up to uh, leading up to the release of that film. Listener, go check it out if you haven't. We Had a ton of fun with it. Uh, seeing him again, incredible. Seeing all the villains come back. Wonderful stuff. Getting Jamie Foxx actual stuff to do in this movie and letting him just be Jamie Foxx. Fantastic. Um, I do think that for me personally, even on a rewatch, the first third of this film is just not good. I still yeah. do. I I don't like it. It's It's all the stuff I didn't like about Far From Home and then you know, we start to bring in like, okay, now the villains are showing up. Okay, cool, cool. This is fine. That's starting to get better. Oh, now they're all just bumming it in an apartment. And I'm like, okay, what's happening here? And then at right around the halfway point, Aunt May dies. And I'm like, yeah, oh, oh, this is a movie now. Okay. Oh, it's, oh,
1: it's not a movie. It's a Spider-Man
0: movie. Oh, it's a Spider-Man movie where people die and there are, there are consequences consequences <laughs> that's the whole yeah. thing it's like the entire first third of this movie is about peter snaking his way out of consequences from the yeah. incredible post credit scene the only truly i think great thing about that far from home movie like it just being like up oh, all gone you're fine everything's yeah. cool now like that shit bothered me on a fundamental level. Yeah. And I sat there for the first, you know, hour of this movie going, Oh no, I'm not going to like this. Oh no. And then Aunt May dies and the entire thing shifts. I will say, I'll, I can even like go a little bit before that because that apartment fight between yeah. Spider Man and Green Goblin, one of the most visceral fights that we've had in the MCU, when he pulled off the quick time Spider Man PS4 shooting him through the different floors <laughs> of the building chef's kiss cinema yeah i loved everything after that and i think the inclusion of the other spider man the i mean speaking as a filipino american man i will never get over the fact that there's an entire scene just strictly in ned's lola's house where she's speaking to galog and we get to just sit with that filipinos are in the mcu <laughs> yes they canonized it yeah (laughs) they canonized it but like having that as you know as kind of the send-off for this era of spider-man and i mean again having consequences like there's no like he just gets to turn it right around his identity's been wiped but oh no he can still he can still have his identity and his zendaya but like no the fact that he has to sit with it at the end and it somehow suddenly turned into a real Spider-Man ending.
2: Yeah.
0: Like that shit gets me getting that new suit that I is unequivocally the best suit he's ever had oh God. gets yeah. me like also as a quick aside again, because I am who I am. Um, someone, not me, someone uh, did a pitch for the three following movies after uh, no way home. You should check it out on YouTube. Uh, I think it's like fanboy pre-writes something. You you should watch this, Troy, actually. Oh, is um, that the billionaire be, guy? He's he's the That's billionaire the, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's, oh, he sucks. I, I know, I know, I know, I know he does, <laughs> but he's got great Spider-Man pitches. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's incredible. And the feeling coming out of that theater, I will, I will never forget like the experience of going to see that movie because we were going to see it at, um, at a theater down the way it was the only theater that we could get three tickets in it was packed um me and my buddy hopped in the car uh with i think 45 minutes till we had to until the movie started and huge traffic hit huge traffic hit and so we are because everyone's trying to go see spider-man so we are sitting in the car for 40 minutes and we sh- we roll up to the Santa Anita mall over in Arcadia and we pull up there there's no parking we're trying to like figure out parking we can't figure it out we roll up to the valet guy hey let's do valet fuck it valet these guys like valet's closed and i'm like but there are all those valet spots he's like i don't know man like go park in the valet spot who gives a shit so we like pull into the valet spot as the movie is starting and we like kick the doors open we're sprinting through the parking lot as it's beginning to rain and i'm in my into the spider verse jordans and i'm fucking like booking it we're running through the rain to get into this theater we sit down right as the opening of the movie starts like that is a movie going experience that I will never forget. And so like, that is something that's going to stick with me for a really long time. But when it comes to the movie itself, they do away with all the shit that you, that you hated about the second movie. And that back half of the movie is incredibly strong. I think if the first half has been, had been as strong as the first half, it would have ranked up higher for me. But yeah, that's, that's my, that's my view on that. So that is my number seven. Um, We covered your number six, yeah. No, I swapped my I swapped my six and
1: seven. So my seven is Loki, which I haven't talked about. Yes, but um, yeah, I guess I guess I don't have a ton of I honestly don't have ton to say about Loki. I like I liked it. It was really well made. It's it's one of those things where I'm like, cool, hell yeah. It's just it's not finished. (laughs) That's the thing where I'm like, I don't feel like because it because it was cut midway through. Like the finale is more so like a mid season finale right um, it, it's the I'm only like, one
0: that was clearly like setting up for a season two
1: yeah which like that's you know, at the time i was like that's pretty cool and stuff but it's just like yeah. i it, like i didn't get a story i didn't get a full thing here so i'm like it's good it's really well made i think that tom hill like it actually justifies its existence as a loki show because i was like when it was announced i was like really do we really need like come on, same I'm, I'm, I'm so same. Sick of this character. like i like him but it's just like we get him and everything yeah let him move on but like the TVA stuff is really fun and the the, yeah. the variants and all that i i i the I mobius of with. it all yeah and old wilson and like and kang oh my god oh. i jonathan majors is so fucking cool he's going to kill I everybody i love that guy
0: he's going to be great yeah <laughs> hope ant-man 3 he just wipes out everybody
1: please please <laughs> um so yeah that's why i i swapped it with fuck because it was like like last night i was doing this ranking i was like Loki's a better made show and it's more consistent than Falcon Winter Soldier. But as you were talking, I was like, God damn it. You're right. Oh, you're right. Oh, man. You're right. And like so I just had to swap those two.
0: Well, and it's interesting because like because I I have I have Loki at uh, a number five. uh, So I guess I could just go ahead and talk about that Mm -hmm. Um, because it is I think the thing that won it over for me initially over Falcon Winter Soldier was how comic booky it felt. Cause I will yeah. always put comic booky over well made shit. Like if you yeah, it's like, true. it's 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 the <laughs> argument that Troy just had about the CW stuff. Like you can toss all of the you know all of the bad writing in the trash. We have comic book costumes. Like I will defend this shit until the day I die. Um, and the comic bookiness of Loki, having that episode of Loki's, we got. We got the man himself as classic Loki standing, shouting about unlimited power like he's Emperor Palpatine or some shit. Like, it's incredible. He's amazing. Uh, we got our first look at Throg. Like, this was so comic booky, And it won my heart. Like, the only thing that I think is more comic booky than this is She-Hulk and yeah there is a certain amount of goodwill that that comes with for me just how much i loved how comic booky it was and how different it felt from the other shows and for me like when it comes to the the success of phase four the more the the name of the game when it comes to being you know in this top echelon as we get into the top five is difference is setting itself apart is showing that it stands out from the rest of the, uh, of the other MCU fairings. So, yeah. So that's, I will say that that's, that's why it's at my number five, just yeah. barely eking out Falcon of the winter soldier though. Now, again, after we're talking about it, I'm, I'm I might have to shift some stuff around. <laughs> so, uh, what, what is uh, your number five?
1: My number five is, is Spider-Man is, uh, so nice. that, that's, yeah, that works out pretty well. um, I totally agree with you. I think the first half of this is it's like better. It's better far from home, but it's still that same (laughs) kind of like, okay, the same sort of like Lucy goosey Disney channel energy. Right. You get your identity revealed to the world by Mysterio. And then instantly Matt Murdock is like, Oh no, you're fine. Don't worry about it. And actually we're going to get, we're actually going to arrest happy Hogan now. Yeah. And like, if, if which is the, great, which should, like no, no it's, like, it's all oh, around. Yeah, get him out of here. <laughs> yeah, get get John Favreau out of here. Get him, make him make Chef Two or something. Um, but like, <laughs> I I was just like like it it I would I, like when it started I was like oh no oh come on because this whole like I was a Spider Man channel and like yeah there was so much hype around this movie and there was so much pressure on it and all the leaks and the rumors and I was just like oh no. I'm really worried. And I had a video that are, I talked about like kind of what I sort of wanted from it, like vaguely. And I got destroyed for it. Like, like that was like my, like that was worse than the billionaire video for some reason. And like, I went into this being like, okay, it's it worst case scenario is far from home. Fine. And then it was, it was doing that. It was a little bit better. And I really liked what they were doing with like the idea of like, like wanting to save the villains. I thought that was really yes, fun and stuff. Definitely. Um, but you're right, like, the, the second Aunt May dies, which even is a decision I don't particularly like, because I think you're wasting, you've wasted Merset to May at that point.
0: Yeah, totally but agree.
1: For the movie, like, doing that, I was just like, oh, shit. Oh, wait. Oh, you got Willem Dafoe Green Goblin now as your main villain. Oh, you're leaning into yeah. it. Oh, you've got, and, like, I, like, like, the pieces started to come together, and I think the movie is... I've said this on, on fanboy talk a couple of times. I don't want to say it on the YouTube channel. Cause I'll get destroyed for it. I think it's a movie that is, it is accidentally good. And I think John Watts is a pretty solid. I think he's a decent filmmaker. And like, I yeah. like there are shots in this where I'm like, Oh, Whoa, that's sick. Like the, like the, the, the track shot to Tom's face when he's like walking around the apartment. I think it's really yeah. cool. But when you look at some of the behind the scenes stuff and some of the stuff that almost like very almost happened, And only didn't happen because of the actors. I'm like, how the fuck did this movie end up good? Because like you you hear Andrew Garfield talk and say like, yeah, we actually weren't. They they actually there wasn't a scene in the script where where my version of Spider Man dealt with the ramifications of Gwen and like got him out. Like like when he saves MJ, he just was like cool in the script. But then Andrew was like, we're gonna turn this into an emotional scene, and it was one of the best parts of the movie.
0: Yeah, because it was 100%. like
1: raw emotion, and Andrew killed it. And then the ending, which I think is the best part of the movie, the phenomenal ending, yes, almost didn't happen either. It, it was Tom's idea. It, it, we almost had it end where I think it was that I I I, I want to say it wasn't Parker Industries exactly, but it was Peter revealing his identity to the world or something. Oof. I remember hearing that that wasn't initially Gross. the ending for a while. And then it was it was it was Tom's idea to do this this sort of like bleaker, darker ending, which is phenomenal. Absolutely. And so, like, I have my issues with the movie and I think it's it was very much overhyped for a lot of a lot of it. And I think you're not wrong. Kind of sparked the sort of like toxic positivity within the community of like if you don't like anything, you're if you don't like something, you're a fake fan, which I don't particularly care for. But it at the very least we've got it, it set up the idea that these next, this next trilogy of movies could be good movies. And it also got me a lot of views. So I'm sure to rank it higher because of that. (laughs) So like, you know, it got me some money.
0: There's, there's nothing (laughs) more valuable than potential.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, and if this leads into a TASM three, then it's an even bigger one. I think even better, even better. Yeah
0: yeah i i definitely agree and there's and don't get me wrong honestly i mean the some of the stuff in that first half is good i mean the charlie cox of it all is incredible yeah like seeing him on screen the actual confirmation yes he is here he is in the mcu was phenomenal yeah, uh it's
1: crazy how that is shot more like interestingly than yes the spider-man reveal yeah like, it's like crazy that is built more as an as an oh shit moment than like yeah. like because like like you say that the like andrew seven through the portal will be with you forever and i agree same with me but i wish it was more interesting i yes. wish it had him
0: just like, like jogging up they, in the alley he like hey
1: i'm spider-man and like you see him in the like far in the distance and you're like oh, okay that's andrew cool and like even toby had like a little bit of a build-up yeah but i wish that like like I like like the movie clearly knew that Charlie Cox was a big deal and framed right. him that way because you had that yep. you had the cane in the first yeah, the shot cane of the cane sits and you, down. you you had that moment of like yo catching the brick exactly like. and like even though I think the character I wish he had been utilized more because you have this story of a character being framed for something yeah and it's it's it was perfect and I wish this I honestly wish this was just Spider Man dealing <laughs> with, dealing with yeah. the identity and Daredevil defending him. And then you do the Spider Verse stuff later, yeah. But I mean, for what this had to do, it was fun, yeah. You know, definitely. Um, I I just wish that there was some more like, and then like it's like half the movie is really pretty and really well shot, yeah. And then the other half, it's like you will go from the best looking shot I've seen in a Spider Man movie to the when he's standing shot there in the rain, right after.
0: like after
1: gorgeous, uh, Aunt May died, absolutely yeah. breathtaking. And then he's standing with Happy at the at the at the graveyard, and it's he's clearly on a soundstage. And I'm like, oh man, uh, why?
0: you yeah. we were. And the the Flash Thompson.
1: Yeah. Oh my god.
0: All of that. Oh just, Flash. Oh, oh Flash.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so oh, yeah. Poor Tony Revolori He he. I don't love him as Flash Thompson, but you know what? He deserved. Yeah. Better. He deserved better. A lot of the people deserve better poor uh so, oh,
1: fuck the guy from homecoming was really good too and he was just forgotten about i forgot his name wh- never mind which guy there's one one of the one of the classmates he was really funny and he just disappeared in far from home i think he like aged up or something i don't know i don't remember his name
0: oh he had very uh, funny
1: jokes that's all i'll say that's all i remember
0: <laughs> oh was he the was he the kid on the uh the debate team
1: yeah 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 yeah
0: he's like he like hit the bell and he's like, yeah. That is a lie. yeah I was like, I was like, yeah. this is a character
1: I want to see more was of, fun. and then they, yeah. I never saw more of him.
0: <laughs> yeah, because they decided, oh, we're not going to do anything we did well in in Homecoming and take that oh, into geez. Far From Home. Yeah. We're not going to do that.
1: Yeah. It's like this is right. almost the opposite of Homecoming. Of like, if you say yeah. Home, like like the 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 high top thing of like, oh, Homecoming is a good movie, but not a good Spider
2: movie. It's movie. This is a yeah.
1: this is a great Spider-Man movie. Maybe not the best made movie.
0: Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I <laughs> all the time. It's it's so funny all the all the high top stuff too. Like, oh yeah. There like there's him. some stuff that I fundamentally disagree with him on, but yeah. Overall, I think he's 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 got some good takes. But we have made it into the the top four of Phase four. Top four. We made it. I I specifically you can't see this because it's a it's a audio podcast, but I specifically wore my four shirt, my Fantastic oh. Four shirt for Phase Four. Because I, because coordination, th- this is this is what I get. This is my audition for uh, later on becoming a YouTuber, because I know I have to be I have to dress to impress, dress for the job I want. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, w- once I take over that Matt Draper channel, don't you worry, uh, and turn it all into just me. Um, top four, I think. Again, I I spoke about like what marked success for me is it feeling different from our usual standard MCU fare. And I don't think there is specifically any piece of phase four that feels more different than werewolf by night at number four. Me you too? Two? Same. Hell yeah. Yep. Like four. I was not aware of how much I was going to love werewolf by night i did this uh i i remember it came out people started really ranting and raving about it immediately i remember the trailer i was like oh that looks really interesting i waited until halloween to watch it and oh my god what a story i mean introducing elsa bloodstone as a character who like never gets any love ever from anyone like bringing in werewolf by night bringing in freaking man thing like just incredible storytelling all around all in black and white until the very end that that color transition and with over the rainbow into the color like what more could you possibly want it's old school horror vibes. They did practical uh makeup and effects like this. Is, I mean, except for Man Thing, obviously. But like yeah. having well, Man
1: Thing, there was a puppet. There was. Oh, was there? Threat. There was some. There they didn't use it all the time, but there was at least there existed a practical puppet. I, I remember seeing. My oh, that's photos. so
0: cool. Yeah, I don't know how much they used of it, but it was definitely there, which I think is sick that's sick as hell and i mean just honestly just having jack turn into a practical werewolf having it be yeah. a costume and makeup like you could have very easily gone oh he's a giant cgi hulk sized wolf but yeah. no they oh, decided geez. to make it like old school it it felt yeah. like there was love behind it and i think that comes down to giacchino 100 yeah. percent. oh yeah wanting to tell the story he wanted to tell um yeah it's, it's phenomenal. And I hope we yeah. get more stuff in this vein. Yeah.
1: I, I love, like, like I, when I first saw that trailer, I was like, whoa, wait. Oh my God. Wait. Oh, whoa. Finally, we're getting something. But then I saw that they put it in the comedy section and I was like, oh no, oh, no, oh no, please no. But then i like, I think that was a mistake or something. I think they just assumed it was a comedy because MCU. As the MCU. And, and so and so they put it back. It's so they put it in the horror section. I was like, oh, okay. And I and I saw like it was it was like screened at festivals and people yeah. loved it. At, like the fact when you like like so there was this big horror festival where what they always do is they do I don't remember the name of the festival, but Chris Chris Stuckman went to it. And what that festival always does is there's always like two secret screenings of like a horror movie is oh, that like interesting. They, people don't know what it is. And so one of them was Hellraiser, the new Hellraiser, and then oh, one of them was Werewolf by Night. And Stuckman said in that audience, when they found out it was Werewolf by Night, there was a groan. Like, the audience was like, oh, really? Because it Because it was coming out, like, two weeks later. It, it, they they were expecting, like, the new Shyamalan movie. They were expecting, like, like, a, uh, like a thing. And the yeah. fact that it was just, like, hour-long short. And so it went in with this, like, the, the worst possible, like, stakes against it. Like, like movie horror fans already <sighs> mad at it. And then, like, they, the in was like, the whole crowd loved it. And, like, I think that's a testament oh, that's, to how good this is and how good Kino yeah. Q- did it. Like, even just like the, I, can I say, this? I hate the Marvel intro. I can't stand <laughs> that thing. It is so goddamn long, especially <laughs> for like the TV shows. Da, da, you have like a da, minute da, and a half da, opening yeah. that is this, like, like, it's, it's like, like, it used to feel they, special. They, they yeah. But now you do it for all the TV shows and it's like every day they don't even have a skip intro button. And, and oh, if there is, it yeah. just it breaks Disney plus because Disney plus as a player is just broken. Yeah, um, it's worse than HBO. And so but true. like the 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 way they do the it starts normal. And then they just like the scream and the slash yeah. into black and white. It's so much fun. And then you say the like the the transition to color. Like I was worried when they were doing that. I was like, oh, no, is it going to look like the rest of the MCU like gray stuff? but it's like this sort of like it's this it's this like like really saturated like almost like like ethereal almost yeah Yeah. and it still has like a visual distinction and like i think the thing i love the most about it is they don't they don't mention the hulk and i say that because every single marvel thing of the past forever has always decided we're going to reference the MCU by saying something about the big green guy in New York. Yep. Every single thing feels the need to shoehorn in some kind of like, hey, we're still the MCU guys, don't worry about it. Yeah. But like this was this was like unapologetically like we're we're not connected. We're connected, sure it doesn't matter. Nobody's well, going to talk gonna about, talk the about Avengers it. Here. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Cause realistically, how much do you bring up Beyonce on a daily basis or something? You know, like, yeah, there's I mean, cele- she's a celebrity. But... Yeah. It's like, it's <laughs> okay. Yeah, maybe that's best example, but like, like <laughs> the fact of like every MCU thing would always find some way to talk about other superheroes. Yeah. Or in a, like a very forced way. And this, I was just like, Oh, thank God. Oh my God. It actually feels like a Marvel property because it's not doing (laughs) that and it was just so refreshing and so well in the oh my god the the transformation scene oh god one of the coolest things i've seen in the mcu and the fact that you don't see
0: it you just watch her reaction to it like incredible shadows on the walls yeah it's so cool it's wonderful and she stands out as as a character you know I, I i know that the the comparison was made to jessica jones and absolutely it's there yeah. like i get it but like but I jessica would... jones is a
1: good character so absolutely
0: like, and that not, iteration of know? it is celebrated uh not <laughs> unlike uh beyonce who i think is really um <laughs> just a fantastic person who you know continually reinvents herself I yeah, think the reinvention like the of hulk,
1: the big green guy in New York.
0: Yeah, constantly <laughs> he's a girl now, she hulk. What are we what's the world coming to? <laughs> but no, I I thought that this this could be an annual thing. Like yeah. if oh, it I'd isn't it annual. great. But if it is, oh, mm-hmm. this could be this could be really something you check in every year. Oh, what's Elsa up to, or, Oh, what's Jack up to? What's what, what kind of wacky nonsense are Jack and Ted doing? (laughs) Like it really could be something special. And I think again, like the value of potential is limitless. And I think that even as it stands,
1: the potential. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. No, 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 go ahead. I, 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 I like, even just like the potential of like, the, the 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 special presentation yeah like, you'll see how the, the the guardians thing does it but like i i much prefer the idea of an hour-long special over a, a weekly show six hour movie you know? yeah totally yeah. Agree. because like 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 I, my friend steve uh camera films he, he he was like talking about like pitches of like like you could do like a ghostwriter thing with this you could do 100%. like these you could like do pockets Nova. of the Life. yeah you could do all these things that like maybe might not to like the studio justify a movie or may not be able to justify a show or a crazy budget yeah. like that but you like there's so much creative potential with just like it's just it's like a one shot it's like what what yeah, the, this these is
0: supposed these are to be? these are the the evolution of you remember those old school marvel one shots where it was yeah. like some you know something funny happened on the way to new mexico where like yeah phil colson like gets held up That's at a right. at a gas station like shit like yeah. that and those was were really so fun. cool because it fleshed out yeah. the world but it wasn't a huge like three-hour commitment yeah yeah uh yeah, werewolf love, by I night a triumph 100 yeah. percent. so if we both have the same number four so uh go ahead and tell me what your number three is
1: my number three i feel i don't know my top three is like straight up like they might as well be on the same level because i really yeah. like all of them same
0: it's my fabulous. number
1: three my number th- right now as of like my list last night and this might change be- with this conversation my number three is shang chi uh and the, nice. the, the the whole title because i loved that movie i adored it i think like i i've liu fucking killed it i think like yeah. obviously it's fantastic the representation everything like it, it the similar way of werewolf by Night*, where it didn't feel like it had to force in MCU stuff, and even like yeah. the long cameo felt organic. Of like 100%. And even just the fact of, like you have you have an Asian character and like you're you're showcasing him in this like in obviously this, he this should be there. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and like I think my issues with it are just like it's I like stylistically and like the the action scenes are fantastic. It's just you, you, they, they do the MCU thing a lot of like undercutting the serious stuff with the jokes yeah. almost just a li- just the, the, Oh, uh, the, what, 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 what even was it on the plane of like, Oh, do you want chicken oh, or beef keep, or whatever? Like chicken that. or beef. It's oh, like, oh come on. Hang beef. on. I was in the middle of something. I mean, yeah. like I get that was the joke, but I was just like, as a movie, it felt like unnecessary. Right. Um, but like for what the movie was doing, I like adore it still you know i think the only the only reason that it's at number three is just because like these other two i like like i have a connection to one of them and the other one is uh, the other one it's like fantastic yeah so like shang chi is incredible i bought the, the fact that i bought the Fortnite skin because of it shows how good the movie
0: <laughs> is. there's a Fortnite skin i didn't know <laughs> yeah, that
1: it's not not the movie version but the comic version
0: oh hell really yeah cool. yeah it's dope yeah. yeah i i'll go ahead and just spoil it shang chi is my number one um fair valid it's and i like you said i the reason it ranks so high for me besides it just being just a fun incredibly rewatchable film uh is i do have a personal connection to it like as an asian american who loves my comic books and their adaptations like there's not a whole lot for us and to be able to see you know in this post crazy rich asians world uh actual movies that are about us that take the time to show us in all of our forms. Like the moment at the very early on in the movie where they're just like, yeah, it's late. Like we should go to bed or we could stay up (laughs) drinking and go to karaoke bars. Like that is so inherently Asian. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I loved this movie. We, we went and saw it multiple times in theaters and I can't remember the last time I did that. Um, there's a whole movement behind it you know the the idea that asian representation can be something to be proud of you know i don't i don't want to make like a false equivalency uh just because there's a lot more nuance than i think i am equipped to uh speak on but the same kind of reaction i think that we saw when the first black panther came out you know we got to see this cultural moment where it's like yes the most famous the biggest brand in the entire world also has people that look like me who have my yeah. shared experiences like that meant the world to me it was incredible and it's it's one of those things where like I go to comic cons when I can not very often but when I can i went to wondercon earlier this year and there was Uh, It was it was kind of incredible because I went in my uh, casual Shang-Chi costume jacket, Jordans and everything, and I showed up and there were nine other Shang-Chi's there. And I can't tell you the last time that I saw even one Shang-Chi at a Comic-Con, much less 10 of them. And like being able to be part of that community, being able to be part of a group of people um, was just incredible. And just yeah. on top of the community aspect, on top of the representation aspect, it's just a fun film. Like yeah. you get like incredible action sequences. The fight choreography is wonderful. The globe oh trotting, God, yeah. the globe uh, trotting aspect that I talked about earlier that I liked with Moon Knight is utilized really well here. You get all kinds of different characters that you get to sit with. And I genuinely think Wen Wu is a top five Marvel villain like he just is and it's like having that um that recontextualization of the mandarin character taking something that was created very much to be a harmful stereotype and turning it into just one of the most compelling characters in the entire mcu i thought was a masterful masterful stroke of genius and I'm really excited that Daniel Destin Cretton is getting the opportunity to helm an Avengers film based off the success of oh, this right yeah yeah, I forgot about that. yeah. very very that's excited awesome. about it so yeah it's just that's it's my number one I love this I'm gonna yeah. love this film forever it's top five MCU for me for sure I would I would have to do the full fucking ranking list of the, of the full thing, but it's very, I can comfortably say it's definitely top five for me, for sure. Um, at my number three though, I had Dr. Strange, the multiverse of madness. Um, what a film. What, a, what film. a film.
1: What a wild film. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, I'm going to say Dr. Strange is my number one, just because I'm like, how oh, nice. the heck. Yeah like i don't know what what, you talk about first you go for it
0: i was just there are very few uh, projects in the mcu that feel as creator and director driven as this movie does when the decision was made that scott derrickson would not be returning for dr strange 2 after what i think he did a very great job On that first Doctor Strange movie. Establishing the basic rules in the world. I was a little bummed. Like I think a lot of people were. Especially with the rumors that. Oh, Derrickson's going to be able to stretch his horror chops in this. And then. We got the announcement. The legend himself. Sam Raimi was coming back. To superhero films. To films in general. And was going to helm. Doctor Strange. And it was going to be a horror. Not necessarily a werewolf by night horror, but like a horror inspired film. All of the cinematography and scripting aside, because I think a lot of that was finalized before he was brought onto the project. Yeah, this feels so Sam Raimi in a way that not a lot of other films feel like like the the Guardians of the Galaxy films feel like James Gunn films. They just do um and i think that's like one of the shining examples of the studio basically saying everybody get the fuck out of the way we're gonna give you the ball and you can make the shot and that's what they did with this film with sam raimi and raimi brought in all of his sensibilities and it shows in every scene, in all of the character dynamics the focus on heart the focus on trying to figure out whether you can have everything and still be happy. Like, I mean, maybe I'm, you know, just the person on, you know, in the comic podcast realm who talks about his mental health struggles and talks about depression, but I really loved this film, dealing with the fact that, Stephen Strange has kind of depressed, and he doesn't really know how to handle that as a man of science, as a man of you know medicine, and also as a man of the mystic arts like you can't just wish away your unhappiness, and it's the idea of someone trying to do that and addressing that you can't just wish away your unhappiness or look for other avenues like Wanda does, who has a wonderful turn in this film as legit an out and out villain. Wanda stands. You can come for me as much as you want. She's a villain in this film. She kills a whole lot of people.
2: Oh um, yeah.
0: That doesn't mean that she's not compelling because she absolutely is. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that she doesn't have a great character arc in the film, which I think she absolutely does. But she is a powerhouse. Elizabeth Olsen, for all of the representation you can say about Wanda not having a Romani actress there. Yeah. Elizabeth Olsen does the most she can with this character in this film. Um, I talked about a visceral feeling during WandaVision. Again, with a... A pristine clarity that I couldn't give to you on the moment that my brother was born as a child. I can recount to you the moment in this film that I became incredibly uncomfortable. It's the moment where she is dreamwalking and dream walks into her parallel self. And there's a moment after the shift, she gets taken over. We get the old school Sam Raimi, like wind blowing props being knocked off the counter, all this cool ass shit. And Elizabeth Olsen composes herself. And then just looks directly at the screen. I, I jumped out of my seat (laughs) And loudly went, "Oh, I don't like that in a in a theater. Like I don't do that." It was it was a blood curdling like moment that you just wouldn't get if Sam Raimi was not at the helm of this Mm -hmm. and his control over the medium, his control over. How the audience is going to react to a specific scene or a specific choice is masterful. It's absolutely wonderful. Uh, Troy, I know you're you're you got some uh, some investment in this, so uh, so speak on this.
1: I like, I like. I went into this movie because because yeah. So they announced, you know, Scott Derrickson was leaving. I don't love the first Doctor Strange movie. I think it's a little like. I, I think it was just a little too standard, you know, but there were some interesting elements and stuff and I was excited to see Derrickson like continue it. And yeah. so I was also disappointed in, cause he's also a super talented filmmaker. I For was sure. disappointed to see him leave. They announced Sam and I'm like, there's no way, there's no way this is staying. There's yeah. absolutely no way he's not going to get fired in the next like six weeks. <laughs> and if he, if he stays, there's no way he's making a Sam Raimi movie. And so I was like, I like, I was just like, I gotta, I gotta see how this works, (laughs) and like, this was like, I went into this movie being like, this is gonna kind of make or break the company for me, because if you get Sam Raimi and you don't let him make a Sam Raimi movie, you fundamentally failed as a studio. Like, (sighs) you got the guy, the horror director, not like the, but like, like he is, he's a man with so much style and so much like character and personality that if you make him direct. The, you know, you're Spider-Man Far From Home. Like, you're just, it's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? So to see that there were all the rami there was all the camp and silly stuff that a lot of people hated. Yeah. Uh, you, I would see all these like clips going around of like, what is this circle wipe going on? And I remember seeing that, that <sighs> just wiping the, the like circle on, yeah. onto Wanda's face. And I remember it being like, oh my God. Oh my God, we did it! We did it! We have Bruce Campbell in the movie, and he's the credit pizza scene. papa. We're bullying all the Marvel fans
0: by having
1: the <laughs> fact that, like, I think Act Two of this movie is a disaster. I think Act Two is a mess. I, like, like in comparison, hundred percent, absolutely. Like the 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 the, Illum- the second they start talking about the Illuminati, I'm like, oh God, come on! I'm like,
0: this is I, so you know bizarre. what. I'm gonna cut you off there because we yeah. got to see King of the Inhumans, Black Bolt That's himself. Fair.
1: That's fair. He was great. That is the
0: gift that keeps on giving.
1: That's fair, and he was fantastic, and I love him. But <laughs> the monkeys' pause. We got freaking John Krasinski as <laughs> is, is Mister Fantastic, and like it's so. I was just like, oh man, oh come on, what's going on here? And then Sam says, "All right, we're gonna kill them all. We're gonna kill." <laughs> every single one of them in even the, the ones you horrific, like even the ones you like in the most horrific fashion you've ever, we're gonna explode mr fantastic's head on camera you're gonna see it we're gonna like the the black bolt death is horrific
2: horrific like,
0: we you patrick they snapped patrick stewart's neck They don't just snap his neck. They rip his head in half 360. It's
1: insane. And I'm just like, I can't believe it. You, you like, I don't even love the cameos. I don't care about the cameos. And you knew he, Sam knew that Sam was like, all right, Troy, you don't like these guys. Here you go. We're (laughs) going to have fun with this. It's, it's like, it's, it's a messy movie. That you yeah. conf- you're can, you right the script is is t- totally all over the place because you know like because the director left and they changed villains midway through and all that stuff right but so the way that the fact that sam took that and was like all right we're still gonna make the the most boss ass movie you've ever seen in the mcu i was like <laughs> all right i'm on board i don't care i don't care oh my god oh my god like the the, the f- you have your main character you have betted at cumberbatch Become a d- possess a zombie, zombie.
0: Oh. possess
1: a, a practical a practical zombie, zombie. zombie with the most like impressive uh prosthetics I've seen in a while. Uh, yeah. I can't remember his name, but the the person who made that also did like Green Knight and um worked on Game of Thrones and that, yes, yes, uh, yes. And, um, and Stranger Things and stuff. Super talented, and like they were allowed to go all in on that. I was just like in awe, I was like, there's no way Marvel made this movie. It, there's no way, and I was I and I just like the the fact I saw it twice in theaters. I never see yeah. things twice in theaters. The only thing I saw twice in theaters was I saw No Way Home, once in theaters and once at a drive-in. I went nice. to Doctor Strange. I was like, I got it. I need to see this a second time. I need yeah. to because I was just like I was not ready for it. And as messy as it is, I just like I love it. I love it to death because it's so Sam Raimi. It's so Evil Dead. And as a big evil dead fan, I'm like, I, I, I God, I adore it, you know? So that's why it's my number one, even though I know it's like messy and I know it's controversial. Yeah. I don't care. I just, yeah. I, I have such exactly. a connection to it that I'm like, I can't like the fact I was not expecting to make a three hour long spoiler talk on the podcast about it, <laughs> but I was going through the events. I was like, Oh God, I got so much to say about every single thing here because yep. I just, I, even just like like you're talking about the character stuff with with string with steven and like like just the fact that you take this guy who was in infinity war his or yeah in infinity war his whole thing was oh i've seen a million different possible endings yeah. and he pulls like the spock thing of like we have to kill half the universe to to win or whatever and like the ramifications of that and like yep. sort of like the arc of overcoming that needs of the many over uh, like mentality into few, yeah yeah like like overcoming that i loved and the the commentary on that with the with ponytail strange as weird as he looked <laughs> like it was it was great and i just i loved it. It, it 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 was a movie that like justified its use of the multiverse which like is rare which to are, see nowadays yeah that oh and everything boy, everywhere it? the only ones that i think justify it and spider verse
0: hundred percent and it's it's fascinating to me yeah. too because like i am I am willing to overlook all those all the flaws of it just like in Shang-Chi like I'm willing to overlook the fact that we have this giant ass CGI creature instead of the one-on-one dragon ball fight between Shang-Chi and Wenwu that we should have ended the film on yeah with this like yes the scripting is not great uh the pacing is all over the place that's that's fine the ice but cream song. I'll never forget that, the ice cream. You song. You want to talk about true horror? <laughs> the ice cream song will haunt your dreams forever. But this film also had the score battle, the oh musical battle boy. that I, I still am bad. I, I am, I am still trying to collect myself from watching it the first time and trying to process that they actually did something like this. Cause it's one of the most creative things they've ever done in the MCU. Period. Yeah. yeah. Like it is incredible just to watch that sequence and be like, this is a f this is a sequence in a film in a Marvel movie yeah. of all things. It's it's a triumph in every way. And if they don't bring back Sam Raimi for more shit, they will have <sighs> left money on the table. Yeah. And
1: I think the response to this movie separated the men from the boys. I would say, of like, hundred percent. Like, I saw so no many question. people being like, "Oh, it's so stupid! Oh, they did a, they fought using music. What is this? This is so dumb and lame." And I'm like, "You don't know, dude. You don't know <laughs>
0: what this is. You don't understand the power that yeah. this holds." <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I love that movie, dude. It was it was definitely one of the most divisive, I think, in the entire phase. Just from you, either loved it or you hated it. Too is rough. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, just coming down into that, like that last bit of, like, you know, they they bring and I mean, we haven't even talked about her. I thought America Chavez was fantastic as well. Oh yeah. I thought she injected a bunch of uh, Sochi Gomez. uh, Like injected a whole new dose of energy into the doctor strange character and i mean i think at this point we have seen that the lone wolf and cub thing just works in every single thing especially in comic books but this felt truly like a sam raimi movie in the moment that at the end they're saying goodbye to each other. And for, for whatever reason, it's not even a movie by Sam Raimi, but it felt very Princess Bride to me almost when she's just like, I'm glad I fell into your universe. And he's like, yeah. me too, kid. And he steps into the portal and it shuts. And like, that's the end of the story. And it's like, and they live happily. Ever, like that shit, like it felt like storytelling. As weird as that sounds, as dumb as that sounds, it felt like I watched a story. It felt like I watched yeah. a movie and like the the ending of it like being what it is i think it's cool having like the the um uh what is the book called uh the dark hold oh, the dark hold having yeah. that like effect on him and he like shrieks into the camera as the movie cuts like this again very sam raimi yeah. Um. Just to have it immediately undone in the post-credit or the <laughs> mid-credit sequence, where it's like, actually, no, he's fine. And look, there's Clea. Like, <laughs> is a little jarring and unfortunate. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I'm not going to say I'm mad about Charlize Theron as Clea. Like, I'm never yeah. going to say that. Um. But yeah, I I thought it was a fantastic movie, which I think leaves us with not just number two, but also the most recent. Yeah. Out of phase four, which I think is a testament to how strong it is. And you can talk about recency bias or whatever. Yeah. As we're recording this, it literally just came out this past weekend. But Wakanda Forever is just as much of a masterclass of a film as Multiverse of Madness is. Yeah. Um, I wax poetic a lot about uh, Multiverse of Madness. So go ahead. You talk about Wakanda Forever.
1: I, I like what kind of. Forever is like this. It's a similar. It's not a similar thing, but in the same way that like Doctor Strange had a, it was an uphill battle with like a director leaving. Yep. Well, Forever had the most uphill battle of everything going wrong with this movie, like from yeah. the beginning. You, the loss of Chadwick Boseman right before shooting, <sighs> is like it as of like to, to devastating. Put yourself into that position. It's impossible. It's like the. Yeah. It's this impossible task. Of trying to to salvage this and and pay tribute to this man who was like so influential to so many people, and on top of like a lot of onset troubles with with some of the cast and like all that stuff, yeah. like it's it's a movie that I was like, I I, I didn't know it, like how it could be done, but the fact that we managed to make something that not only is like serviceable but is like a standout is yes. a testament to truly how talented Kugler is because he is one he's a powerhouse of a director and like yeah. he loves the character and he loves the world and he it means every and like i think like he took that love and he took that like like the pain of like losing jadwick and he made something like really special with it and it's like the only reason it's not a number one for me is because like i didn't connect as much with the shuri character because of onset stuff same that was my my heart yeah. i just i was like i i was like you're doing something really great here girl for but me. you were yeah. a problem you know yeah and so like and also because it, it just came out i've only seen it the one time so it's hard for me to like yeah put it in like a big thing or anything but i think like as a movie it is it's 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 everything that it needed to be while still tr- having to like like namor fantastic villain. oh, oh so my
0: god good. oh
1: my god what a like you take the killmonger approach of of your your villain like what we were saying with like with carly where it's like a villain with good motives but oh if only they weren't <laughs> bad but you they justify that that violence or that that badness quote-unquote with like true like I get you dude. I get why you're like this. Everything that he
0: does, even though it is not in the interest of our protagonist, is understandable. And is a it sucks, but it's like it is a an understandable response. Yeah. Like Like, we even with
1: like Killmonger, who's a villain I think is fantastic I love I love the first Black Panther. And I think Killmonger is a great villain that did so much. His his motives he presents it as like oh for for, for it's a community like he he yeah. Pre- yeah but it's he he presents it as like oh I have these altruistic motives to help the help this help the help black community and stuff like that. When in reality it is it's revenge, it's anger, it's rage and it's like this very petty childish reasons. Yeah. Versus Namor is like it's all about my people and I care about the yeah. people. It's it's a place of love and heart like like
2: yeah
1: ironically he's you know he's the the child without love but he's like has that moment
0: i love that like and he's like okay yeah my name is namor like that shit oh it's so cool and you take the character
1: of namor who is a comics sucks he's an asshole he's the biggest asshole in the world he's a he's
0: a huge asshole but he's also amazing
1: i love him i love him but he's like he's just flat out evil in some books yeah he's and I'm bad like, he's this dude and you make him this relate like you you get it like almost yeah. instantly you get why he's like this and he's, he's not like 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 i don't know if i could believe that this namor would blow up a planet for like i like just randomly blow up i don't know if he put I but you know what could. i
0: i think this namor could if it was made clear to him that his people would mm-hmm. suffer if if that's true he, didn't. he yeah. is someone who i think does have that comic book D- dna but he's also like he is so focused on his people to the point of and this whole thing like with the uh the idea of like oh the pro- my one of my biggest problems with the Eternals is introducing them this whole time it's like yo you couldn't have done anything this whole time you could have done anything excess deviation thanos what are we doing here? <laughs> like, it makes sense to me why Namor never got involved in anything. Cause it didn't affect it. Yeah. It didn't affect his people. And like, he is so singular singularly laser focused on them and their prosperity that like, he will do anything to make sure that they are safe. Like he, he does not strike against Wakanda until they draw blood from his people. Yeah. Like, and I think that's wonderful storytelling. and, even though he is very clearly the antagonist, he's not the villain. And I think that's yeah. an important distinction that this film Elaine chooses the to villain. make. Yes. Like <laughs> the, the U S government shocking. Yeah. I know is, is the villain. <laughs> uh, colonialism is the villain. Like yeah. the themes of white colonialism and, you know, foreign governments causing, uh, minorities to battle against each other to try and appease you know this separate like overarching villain is a theme that i don't think a lot of people are brave enough to you know put into film much less yep. a film of the biggest franchise in the world and i applaud kugler for trying to tell that story especially also weaving in a story about grief and loss
1: and like it's it's like just the the ability to take that like because because they had to really quickly like because you know they were about to start shooting when shadow passed away you, yeah. and i think x1 is like where it struggles to find its feet because yeah. you, they had to sort of like figure out what to do but once it does it really gets going and stuff yeah. Um. And it's almost like bookended with with that that concept of grief and loss, which like some people might not think works well, but I think is an, a very interesting way to handle it. Agreed. Um. And like, I yeah, it's just it's it it was it, it was impossible. There's so much stuff that it had to do, and yeah. it, it shouldn't it have worked. Like on top of it, shouldn't have worked, and then on top of introducing like like Namor, but also like Riri yeah like, I, would not have expect- I would not have expected i would not have expected reread to work in this movie and for the most part she does like absolutely i think they don't know what to do with her in act three actually three, yeah, she's no just kind of there but yeah. like she's a very interesting character and like they because like i'm not hugely familiar with her in the comics and stuff um Because yeah. that's just stuff i'm not i haven't read too much but like they 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 make it this this she's just this girl that's just around and she's super smart and super cool Child prodigy yeah. and i kind of wish that she had just stayed in her like proto armor the whole time instead of that weird cgi suit because i do not care for that cgi design well but i love
0: that at the end they're like you can't keep it like we're gonna hold on to it so that in the show she's now gonna have to build that back up
1: but then why even have it
0: toys troy oh you're right right
1: yeah maybe that was my issue is that i would always see it in the target at my local yeah. target and i'd be like okay that's just what she looks like
0: i guess yep well yeah. and it's it's interesting because i i am actually really excited to you know at least check out her show now yeah because of how it's gonna be a movie isn't it this
1: movie i think they i think I it's think a, show. Changed it to a movie.
0: did they Armor Wars.
1: i, I remember hearing no, she they changed it from a show to a movie
0: well they changed armor wars but there's a separate oh iron you're Heart right show. oh that's
1: right there's an iron yeah you're right yeah
0: Which I'm assuming it'll be like Ironheart into Armor Wars or whatever. But like she was fantastic and I'm excited to see more of her. And when it comes to like comic adaptations, I thought she was incredibly faithful. She was very, very good and a lot of fun. Um, But I think the one who genuinely steals the show almost as almost as much as they were battling both figuratively and yeah. literally in this film is angela bassett as oh Queen my Alonda. god like Holy crap. the opening scene of not the opening scene because that's 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 the sad scene the very next yeah. scene where it's at the u.n and they are she comes in with representatives and she gives that we we joke but like that oscar worthy speech of like yeah. we know you guys are looking at us like we're fresh meat. And I'm going to let you know that you are fucking wrong. And like marching those soldiers in like she, no one, the camera has never loved someone as much as it loves Angela Bassett in this movie. Like she is a powerhouse in every scene she's in. And it's yeah. incredible. I wish we had gotten more scenes with her and Namor. Cause I think the scenes yeah. that they do share are phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I like I I almost wonder if he could have like swapped some scenes with Shuri with 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 Angela Bassett's character just because like I wouldn't mind it the two of their interactions. Yeah. Uh, no, she's she like that's, that's probably like my favorite performance or one of my favorite performances out of the MCU. She just Yeah. She I mean, Kiki said Kiki Palmer said it best. It's all on the lips with Angela and she yeah. she gave it all her best.
0: She gave it her all. She was great. <sighs> She's, yeah, um, she is a powerhouse from start to finish. And yeah,
1: I think the, the, the second best performance is clearly Martin Freeman as Everett Ross. God damn it. Who very much <laughs> needed to be in this movie.
0: <laughs> the most necessary A-plot of the film is Martin Freeman. So important, sure.
1: he got his own character poster.
0: <laughs> and his own action figure re-released for <laughs> this line as well. Um, God uh, that is i will say it's it's the one big blemish on the film is all of the elaine and uh and yeah. Everett Ross stuff um i do to like to you it's still the mcu it's still hey, the mcu remember, we're still part of it i did like the the ex-wife you know yeah. relationship and i think it very much improved that character yeah
2: but like
0: <laughs> yeah it's if you take that out and have just the stuff where he's directly uh directly communicating with shuri and or ramanda the film only improves um yeah and i will say like just like you like i had a hard time investing in shuri as a character because of letitia Wright and all the stuff that went in with her disrupting the filming and all that stuff um and I was still holding out hope against hope all the way up until the last minute that it was going to be uh, Nakia as the new Black Panther. Yeah, because um, yeah.
1: Lupita, I Lupita was fantastic. She's incredible, was and they honest. set her
0: up too. Yeah, to be I was like so, the, I was... the prodigal daughter to come back. Yeah, and... I wonder
1: if I wonder if maybe she just wasn't comfortable filming or something like that, or like why she wasn't as involved or something. Which, it's, like, it would is be strange. Queen, you know, go off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because
1: um, her and M'Baku were barely in this. Oh, and I,
0: but, I I love But M'Baku was incredible. Winston Duke continues to be one of my favorite actors oh
1: my in God, literally I
0: everything. Him. Make him Superman. I don't give a fuck. Make like, him
1: Superman. If they're still doing him or Anthony Mack, because you were talking about the Catherine Ferguson stuff. Him oh, or yeah. Anthony Mackie for that, that Ta-Nazi Coast thing. If we're still doing it, which I probably, I I legit, I don't
0: think they are, but I I would one hundred percent love to see the difference between Winston Duke's Clark Kent and his Superman. Yeah, because like just watching him in uh in us, it's like yeah, that's that's a dork ass Clark Kent. Like, give me more (laughs) of that shit. (laughs) He would be incredible. but yeah i thought he was great um the action sequences were fantastic like they made namor's uh ankle wings proper scary to to watch like
1: yeah
0: and the the whole opening scene uh of the the first time we're introduced to the atlanteans is a straight-up horror scene like the sirens like it is incredible i love yeah, that i shit love the dead. ideas it the, so cool. in, the introduction to namor as they're flying away in the helicopter and all of a sudden it just starts it just oh. stops and gets swung and thrown <laughs> into the water and then you just see the lightning strike in his silhouette like my shit 100 yeah. uh yeah the the film hit, you know is firing on all cylinders for i think most of it a little hiccups here and there um, yeah. but very very easily like an eight, eight, eight point five 8.5 out of 10 for me yeah um it's wonderful and absolutely deserves its place at number two on uh on the mcu phase four list Yeah, so totally
2: agree.
0: we did it we made it through all it. 16, 16 things <laughs> um since it's been about two and a half hours since we began this uh, I'm going to recount my list if you'd like to recount your list oh, as yeah. well. <laughs> So at number 16, I have Thor, Love, and Thunder. Then I have Moon Knight. At number 14, I have Eternals. Number 13 is Black Widow. 12 is What If. 11 is Ms. Marvel. 10 is Hawkeye. 9 is She-Hulk. 8 is WandaVision. 7 is uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. 6 is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. 5 is Loki. 4 is Werewolf by Night. 3, Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness. Number 2 is Wakanda Forever. And number 1 is Shang-Chi.
1: It's a good list. My, my list feels... Again, I don't even know how I feel about my Lists are weird for me. I, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a tier guy, yeah. Um, at 16, I've got Thor, uh, as one does. I've got At 15, I've got Moon Knight. At 14, I've got What If. At 13, I've got Black Widow. At 12, I've got Eternals. At 11, I've got Hawkeye. At 10, I've got She-Hulk. Again, I haven't seen them all, so, you know. <laughs> um, at 9, I've got Ms. Marvel. At 8, I have WandaVision. 7 is Loki. 6 is Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, five is uh, No Way Home. Four is World by Night. Three is Shang Chi. Two is Black Panther, and one is Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness.
2: A lot I of am, things.
0: I am kind of shocked at how much we agreed on. Yeah. Uh, it's it's strange, and especially like with the number, like with fucking sixteen. There's so yeah. much room for deviation. You could almost call it excess deviation uh it's there's there's some eternals humor in there for you <laughs> folks if you think I'm too harsh on the film uh i I, I definitely think what that... you're
1: talking about I don't remember eternals that well <laughs> I thought you were referencing some like some like 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 obscure like 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 DC show or like a Zeta project type thing or something. Um, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm like, actually is...
0: uh I'm actually referring to the excess uh bullshit that Deviant Art is uh doing for its <laughs> current its artists. It's uh it's bad. jeez. Oh, but uh just as a blanket statement AI art is terrible and you shouldn't support yep. it. But yep. yeah, I I am surprised at how much we agreed on. Uh there's so yeah, it, there's so much in phase four <laughs> squished yeah. into two years. Um uh, it's kind of wild. And I think yeah. I am I am glad that we got a phase four that feels so varied in tone and let's just be honest, and also in quality. Um I'm interested to see how phase five goes. Because It is going to be very strange, yeah, to see what lessons they take from Phase Four and carry into Phase Five.
1: Five is everything building to Thunderbolts, right? Is Five Thunderbolts the end of Five? I I can't remember because they announced Five and Six the same day.
2: Was it Five and Six?
0: Oh man, I think
1: uh, because wait, was Six? I don't know. I phases are weird
0: to me. They introduced all the way up to Secret Wars, which I think is still five years too early. Yeah. but i yeah i don't know i'm i hope that the lesson they take from phase four into phase five is more creator directed projects yeah that they let people have their own mark that they let people have their own stamp on things because if we look at just uh, multiverse of madness and werewolf by night incredibly creator driven stories that go off the beaten yeah. path and might not be accepted by general audiences but they will be applauded for the big swings they take
1: yeah, and I think like if you look at like our like our top fours are like identical almost at yeah. least like what we have in our top four, like those all stand out to me because they're so, they're so diverse in like yeah not only in their cast but also in like what their stories are. You have a werewolf thing. You have Shang Chi off doing his own thing. You have Black Panther doing their own thing, and like Doctor Strange doing like it's like. I think the days of the linear Marvel plot line where you have to watch everything and, and get the whole infinity saga. I hope that it's over because I never yeah. was a fan of that. I've never been a fan of the fact that if my dad wanted to watch the captain America movies, I had to say, Oh wait, you also have to watch age of Ultron. <laughs> oh wait, you also have to watch this movie and this movie. And you know, like it's, it's like, let the movies be their own thing. And then interconnect in, your crossover movies but let shang chi do his thing let black panther do their thing you know the, those characters do their things like doc strange does his own thing. and i think that gives the freedom for the movies to have more fun and have that creative freedom that they need you know like be be yeah. creator driven instead of like studio driven
0: you know absolutely yeah so troy it is always a pleasure having you on here man um it's always great Genu- to be here i like this genuinely like get to opinions. sit down with you it's it's always good saying opinions especially when we just get to put them out and no one can tell us and we're no wrong in the moment that we're having I have no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um if our listeners want to uh keep up to keep up with you and all the stuff you're putting out uh where can they find you
1: uh you can find me on uh youtube at troyboy17 um and i would say twitter but i think by the time this episode comes out there won't be a twitter anymore who so knows man at I, this point. I'm anything at Troy Boys 17 I'll be there probably so YouTube's the big one but Twitter Twitter Troy Boys 17 Instagram Troy Boys 17 I got brand consistency for everything so that's yeah, good got, Man, uh, a this is branding Superman thing coming out and I'm excited for the I'm excited for that because that'll be fun. yeah he does more About
0: that. <laughs> that'd be great Make sure you keep an eye on his stuff. Honestly, and I said it the last time Troy was on here too, uh, his channel has consistently been one of my favorites in all of Comic Tube and all of just YouTube in general for years now. So um, go check it out for some quality content. You got pitches you got opinion pieces you got hey shit sucks but things are cool sometimes like he's got the full range of content that you want when it comes to comic books and just pop culture in general uh troy is an incredible talent and a much-needed voice in this world of billionaires he is the lone emerald archer trying to (laughs) shoot uh shoot boxing gloves into the faces of your favorite billionaires
1: you you're too good to me i jesus christ that was so nice oh my god <laughs> well again as a also. billionaire i have to <laughs> yeah I have to be right. kind to you
0: on on mike at least i can yeah, i can say vile and terrible the, things once we get we'll off save mic.
1: The, you, you, we'll save you for last with the gate you know
0: <laughs> i appreciate that i i, I would rather watch <laughs> everyone else and maybe everyone gets tired before they get to me yeah so or at least yeah get do, we, do, do you want something.
1: to do first or do you want to do last that's i want to do last i want
0: to you. do last because yeah, okay. i want to have i want to be able to spend the time ranking phase five and phase six with you as <laughs> yeah, i'm in line podcast yeah we're going to be recording the podcast as i'm standing in line oh we got to move up hold on we got to move up <laughs> But yeah, um, honestly, Phase 4, I think, is something that I think the MCU should be proud of. They made a lot of strides, they made a lot of missteps, and it was a learning experience all the way through. And hopefully, as we close the door on Phase 4, we have more creator-driven and more just really fun stories ahead of us. And maybe some more. Some more Morbius too. Phase more
1: Mor- Morbius. Morbius two, please. Yeah.
0: Two more. <laughs> two es.
1: Doctor Strange in the Morbius of Men. The
0: Morbius of
2: Men. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ooh, welcome back to this week's Comics Countdown! This is the segment of our show where I'll chat you up about all the comics you should be picking up this week. Whether it's at your local comic book shop, a comicology or however you get your comics, these are the ones I think you should definitely take a look at. But before we get into this week's books, we gotta take a look back at last week's books with the Geeksplain Pick of the Week of last week. And for me, I mean, there was really no contest. Do a Powerbomb number six uh what this book is doing to me should be illegal (laughs) Daniel Warren Johnson Mike Spicer are crafting a story uh unlike anything that we've seen when it comes to combining two of my great loves pro wrestling and comic books uh this series is going to it might just go down as comic of the year we'll have to see as we get closer to the end of this year but it would, I would be hard-pressed to find something that's doing to me what this book is, so go pick it up. There's only one issue left releasing next month, and uh, I don't know what's going to happen to me or my feelings or my heart when it does drop. But that's last week. This week, we've got 10 books for you to check out, so let's kick things off with a double header of DC Comics. First off, it's Dark Crisis Worlds Without a Justice League Batman number one, or Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths Worlds Without a Justice League Batman number one this the the dark uh, infinite anyway uh this is the final uh worlds without a justice league tie-in though this feels strangely like late right if you read this most recent dark crisis on infinite earth's part right this doesn't okay um i have to assume that this got delayed for whatever reason but I am excited to check this out. Uh, it's written by Simon Spurrier with uh, Megan Fitzmartin, friend of the podcast, Megan Fitzmartin, with art by Dan Jurgens, Norm Rotmund, and Ryan Sook. And this is Batman's Ideal World with a backup featuring Zatanna. Uh, let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. When Pariah and his forces of the great darkness laid waste to the most powerful superheroes of all time, all hope was lost until now. To power his weapons of war, Pariah has captured each member of the Justice League and trapped them on worlds suited to their every dream and desire, while the planets themselves slowly eat away at their respective inhabitants. Batman is stuck in a loop, wherein the greatest detective must solve the mystery of his own existence. Plus, unravel the secrets of Zatanna's world in this final epic chapter of the Worlds Without a Justice League saga. So, yeah, uh, I'm excited. I always love combining Batman and Zatanna, and this book seems to be doing just that. Uh, second on the docket on this double header of DC Comics, it's Deceased War of the Undead Gods, number four, written by Tom Taylor with art by Trevor Harrison. Um, this book has been good. I don't know at time of recording if it's living up to previous installments, but I'm really enjoying the more cosmic scale of the book as it's you know this anti-life plague is stretching its way across the galaxy so let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis nothing is what the heroes of earth thought it was the shocking truth is finally revealed and the fate of all existence hangs in the balance lobo joins the fight but will the main man help or hinder the greatest heroes in the universe as they gather to fight the galactic armada of the undead So, yeah, I am interested. I actually really enjoy the addition of Lobo in the story. I don't normally really love Lobo, but I am super into uh, him being involved in this. Should be very interesting. Next up, we have She-Hulk number eight. This is written by Rainbow Roll with art by Takeshi Miyazawa, famously of the Geeksplain book club Takeshi Miyazawa. Uh, I'm excited to see to see this. This should be really fun. Uh, Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. She-Hulk's new arch-nemeses have finally shown their face. And in this issue, we pull back the curtain. Who are they? What do they want with She-Hulk? The answers to these questions will chill you to the bone. So yeah, it looks like we're finally going to be getting some answers on the overarching mystery of this series. Very much looking forward to seeing what is revealed. Next up, we have The Flash, number 788. This is written by Jeremy Adams with art by Matt Ryan and Fernando Pazarin. And this is continuing the, uh, the Flash story past uh, Dark Crisis. We had that Dark Crisis tie-in, and now we are getting back to the regular uh, regularly scheduled program when it comes to the Flash. Though maybe not as regular as you might think. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis to find out what I'm talking about. When Gregory Wolfe wins the mayorship of Central City, he implements a radical agenda to instill order, including deputizing the rogues to enforce the law and ridding the city of its well-known vigilante, The Flash. So yeah, that's really interesting, having the rogues be basically the new Thunderbolts uh, in Marvel right now, where they are the city-sanctioned superheroes. This should be interesting. I'm looking forward to this for sure. Next up, we have a special, uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier special number one. This is written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly with art by Kev Walker. You know I love me some Kev Walker, and the uh, Captain America book has been real, real good, Uh, especially this last issue where they brought to light the next chapter for Bucky Barnes. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Power. Money. Machine. Love. Revolution. The 20th century progressed at a more rapid pace than any other in history, but not without help from the shadows. Kev Walker joins Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty writers Colin Kelly, and Jackson Lansing to explore the origin of Captain America's newest foe, and what the Outer Circle's next play means for the status of the Winter Soldier. If you've been reading the book, you kind of already know, but I'm interested for them to uh, to elaborate on this. Should be really, really good. Next up, another installment of the Batman One Bad Day series. This is Batman One Bad Day, Mr. Freeze, number one. This is written by Jerry Duggan with art by Mateo Scalera. And I've been loving the series so far. I think from the three that we've read, I would probably rank them riddler penguin two-face i think they've all been great but the riddler and penguin ones were just spectacular so i am interested to see where this falls in that lineup let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis going back to the dark knight's early days in gotham city batman and robin dick grayson face down the coldest winter gotham city has ever seen A winter so cold that Mr. Freeze, Victor Freeze, no longer needs his containment suit to survive. He is in an element where he can thrive. Robin empathizes with Mr. Freeze. All Freeze wants to do is save his wife, Nora. But Batman warns Robin not to give his empathy to Victor Freeze. He's a man who decided his own fate a long time ago, and he deserves none of our warmth. And this winter, he will show his true wickedness and power. I don't know. The wording on this is weird, right? D- does it sound as weird as it feels reading it? I don't know. There have been like a couple different synopses over the last like month or two that have just felt weirdly worded. Uh, But yeah, I'm still very interested in this. I love early Batman and Robin stories uh, showing Dick Grayson trying to just be a good old boy Robin. And the idea of Freeze not even needing his containment suit for this, I think, is really, really fascinating. So I'm looking forward to picking this up for sure, especially since I've been on a uh, Batman the Animated Series binge because of you know what? Uh, I I actually just watched Heart of Ice before sitting down to record this. So uh, maybe I've got Freeze on the brain. Brain freeze. I should have said brain freeze. Damn it. Uh, but I'm looking forward to this for sure. Next up, we have Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings number five, written by Gene Lun Yang with art by Marcus Toe I have to get on my soapbox for just a second because we just found out that this book is getting another rebranding in January to kick off Gene uh, Lun Yang's final arc with the character. And at this point, why? Why do we need another rebranding? It's Shang-Chi, Master of the Ten Rings in January. I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't feel like it was necessary. And if you were just going to turn it to that, then why not just keep this book as (sighs) Shang-Chi? Either way, I've been loving this book. Honestly, you know I have. Uh, But I'm really enjoying this. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. The origin of the Ten Rings revealed. Shang-Chi finally discovers their tragic history. Short, sweet, to the point. I'm looking forward to learning more about the comic version of the Ten Rings. Next up, we have Nightwing number 98. This is written by Tom Taylor with art by Danielle uh, DiNicuolo, who has worked with uh, Tom Taylor on a number of things, but this one is special. So let's just go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Nightwing meets Nightmite, and Bitewing and Oracle, and Daniel Cuolo. That's right, that meddling Nightmite booped himself from the fifth dimension, and after reading Seven Secrets, he hitchhiked his way over with Cuolo to our Nightwing series. Trust us, you're not going to want to miss this one. So Nightwing is officially getting his own Batmite in the form of Nightmite. It's going to be fascinating to see how they bring him in and what they are going to be using him for. Uh, We'll just have to see. Next up, we have Immortal X-Men number eight. This is written by Karen Gillan with art by Michelle Bandini. And I am very curious to see what they do, how this book is affected in the wake of Judgment Day, especially with Karen Gillan having wrote the main stuff of that story. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to to check out this, the Eternals book, if there is an Eternals book still going on after the Day, and Avengers to see if this book has done anything uh, to them, and if there's any lasting consequences. I hope there are. I really want, uh, I want there to be lasting consequences in my stories, but let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. A Study in Cerulean. Locks, what's going on in foggy old London town in the year of our Lord, 1895? Well, it's only Sherlock Holmes, Mystique, and Destiny on the tracks of a murderer and uncovering a truth that is significantly more sinister. Yeah, if you didn't know, there was a period where uh, its it has been told a couple different times that Mystique is actually Sherlock Holmes because, you know, Irene Adler... Uh, the same Ad- Irene Adler from Sherlock Holmes stories, uh, it's fascinating. And I'm always down for period piece, especially when it comes to uh, characters who have been around for a really long time. So this should be interesting. But the big book of the week, the book I think you should absolutely be picking up, is Batman Superman World's Finest number. Nine. This is written by Mark Wade with art by Dan Mora. We are back, baby! We've got our crew back for this new arc, and this one looks to be very interesting. So let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Strange Visitor, Chapter 3. Okay, maybe it's not a totally new arc, but a new player has been introduced. Batman and Superman are on a quest to train the mysterious new hero, Boy Thunder. But what's that in the dark? A faint noise? Sounds like a laugh. Uh oh. The Joker is here and he's got his own plans for a super powered sidekick. Someone hide all the crowbars, quick! Yeah, that sounds really interesting. They have been teasing that Boy Thunder is actually someone we know in the DC Universe today. I am fascinated to see who that is, because if they pay this off the right way, this could be an all-timer. It already is in a lot of other respects. So that does it for this week's Comics Countdown. To recap, we've got Dark Crisis, Worlds Without a Justice League, Batman number one, Deceased, War of the Undead Gods number four, She-Hulk number eight, The Flash number 788, Captain America, America, the winter soldier special number one batman one bad day mr freeze number one shang chi and the 10 rings number five nightwing number 98 immortal x-men number eight and batman superman world's finest number nine lots of great comics to pick up this week uh, it looks like 2022 is going to be finishing out the year very very strong so make sure you are picking up your comics and that is going to bring us to the wrap up. If this is your first time joining us on the Geeksplain podcast and you like what I do here, feel free to subscribe to us on the podcasting platform of your choice and give us a rating and review. We drop new episodes every single Wednesday and honestly ratings, reviews, subscriptions, but especially those ratings and reviews really does help me in the podcast out in this weird podcasting algorithm space, raises up our stock and gets us out and into the orbit of listeners just like you. And if you give us a five star rating and review on iTunes, a podcast whatever you want to call it I will read your review here live on the podcast you can write literally anything you want and I will be forced to read what you write as long as you give me those five stars you know sky's the limit and you'll also be able to join the likes of our Red 13 including Seafire, ND, Joshua Panels to Pixels, Matt Draper, Burrito Man 88, Doug from For Every Kind of Geek, Don Swanson, That Guy Brian, Mouth Dork, Dallas Meeks, Amazing Spider Fan, A-Lock and AZ, Sass, and Jedi Jesse 20. I want to say a huge thank you to these fine folks for their reviews and I cannot wait to hear yours. If you want to be part of our Geek Geeksplain mailbag send your emails to geeksplain at gmail.com put mailbag in the subject header and I will read it here on the show if you want to keep up to date with us, uh, participate in polls that decide future episodes, or maybe you just want to shoot the shit with me on the latest geeky news, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter as long as it survives. Uh, at Geeksplained pod that's at P O D. Twitter is circling the drain, so I am going to try to be more active on the Instagram. I'm thinking about you know doing other stuff Mastodon looks just too complicated for me uh, so I might be looking into other options but we will see you never know uh, we might have to get creative but for right now Instagram and Twitter is the place to follow us at GeeksplainPod. pod finally this Friday and every Friday we have the geeksplain book club where I alongside my amazing friends Malcolm Russell Nelson and Jacob Brown are going through every single issue of every single volume of ultimate spider-man we just wrapped up the venom war arc in the miles morales era last week and this week all hell is breaking loose we've got cloak and dagger we've got tack taskmaster we've got bombshell everything is going to hell in a handbasket in the ultimate spider-man story so make sure you tune in with us on friday to uh, check that out and find out what happens spidey fridays are the real deal so be there or be square not a circle but that does it for this week's episode how would you rank the entire MCU phase four. Send those emails to me if you want. I'll read them on the podcast next week as part of the mailbag or feel free to reach out over social media. Would love to have that conversation with you. Uh, Feel free to reach out. I love talking to you guys. I read every single email that you send to me and I really do appreciate the engagement. This podcast was ultimately established to have conversations about comic book stuff and all geeky stuff and 229 episodes later, uh, that's still what we're doing so feel free to reach out would love to have that conversation with you but uh that does it for this week's episode want to say another huge thanks to troy of the Troy boyo 17 youtube channel for coming back on the show and ranking the mcu Phase Four with me troy's wonderful he is just an incredible creator uh one of the hardest working guys on that comic tube space doing all kinds of stuff check out his recent pitch for future sequels of The Batman. Definitely go check that out. I loved that video. Specifically, a couple of those pitches I might be looking into later on down the line, but I loved it. Troy's whole channel is wonderful. Go check his stuff out. Next week... We are going to be doing another edition of our Geeksplain Spotlight series where I will be uh, taking a look, a deep dive on a comic book that I love. And I've been waiting to talk about this one for a while. We're going to be putting the Geeksplain Spotlight on Superman Shazam First Thunder with Shazam Fury of the Gods coming up eventually, and the internet on fire because of the return of Henry Cavill to the role of Superman, I figured now would be the perfect time to talk about one of my favorite stories involving those two heroes. So tune in for that next week. Same geek time, same geek channel. But for now, for the Geek Explained podcast, I've been Eric Kazana. Thank you so much for listening. Everybody stay safe, and we will see you next time.